Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. All right, let's get to running back. Love and by the way, the other, the, I can't believe you, you, you missed this one thing, though. Hang on, wait before we go to the graphic, guys. I wasn't ready. It's not ready yet. Stop with the graphic. What are we doing? I get stuck. Oh my, we can't. Well, I guess apparently once it's a it's a runaway train. Once you get the graphic going, you can't stop it. This is what it is, and now it's frozen. Okay, there's no going back. It's like the, but I, the money train. I, I don't, that right. movie is. Totally. Wesley Snipes. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, what, what's it? Oh, Bullet Train was the one with Brad Pitt. This past summer, right? Money train. Um, uh, either way, uh, you and I are are a train of fantasy information. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy holidays and welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher, Lawrence Jackson. We got a packed house here. And reminder, there is no Sunday Fantasy Football pregame show, so we have a two-hour special today. Two hours Two-hour special today. Get you ready for the Sunday slate, the Saturday slate. Merry Christmas to all. Happy Hanukkah to all. Got a little Stranger Things rocking. Like it. We got. We're going four wide today. I'm very excited about it as well. Uh, I promise you this. I, I I don't like to make a lot of promises in fantasy football, but I'm going to make one, and I'm going to make one right now. This two-hour show will at least be more entertaining than last night's Thursday game between yes. the Jags. Oh yeah, bet on that. Guaranteed. Bet on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I like I like clearing low bars. <laughs> yes, yeah. We'll all be better than Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yes, actually correct as yeah. well. Yeah, I well, was born better than Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I had so much fun uh, doing the pre and post of that game that we're going to talk about it here as well. We still I, have Thursday Night Football recap yeah. here. Boy, uh, nothing like it. Jaguars defeat the Jets 19-3 at MetLife Stadium. Bad weather, bad football, horrific quarterback play from Zach Wilson. Yeah, I was going to say from Zach Wilson because the one side of the ball. uh, Oh, no, Trevor Lawrence is fine. Trevor Lawrence looked good. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to, like, sort of, like, I've made a lot of, like, you know, mom jokes about Zach Wilson. But at the end of the day, I've tried to be, like, positive about the kid. I don't know if it's partially because I have him in a dynasty league and I desperately need him to have some sort of value. Uh, or if it's just I feel bad for the guy. Oh, but I man. just I mean, it just. Fellas, this is nothing new, by he's the way. Broken. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, 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 no. He's, he's broken as we're watching some lowlights of Zach Wilson before, <gasps> oh, before, he was, man. before he was pulled. As you're watching this live on, um, on uh, if you're watching this live on Peacock, of course. Uh, we're just we're showing some some low light. That one at least got close to Garrett Wilson. <laughs> you, know, that, you know, Garrett Wilson was able to get fingers on it on that last throw. I, a bankrupt I, he's, money trend, Zach Wilson. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it because he's not fantasy relevant. I'm not even sure he's actually NFL relevant. He's a much bigger name than actual, yeah. you know, uh, part of the Jets' offense at this moment. But he is 
he's broken. And I don't know. I mean, Sala in the post game, and, and Connor, you covered this game for SNY. You were part of their pre and post game coverage. But you know, from what I saw, Sala was trying to, you know, ah, we were trying to get the running game going by Strabble. Like he's doing what he can to sort of protect his quarterback. Bad. But yeah. like. Zach Wilson needs to be on another team next year if he's going to have any sort of NFL career. Yeah. I feel like another NFL team. The Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure Colts fans. That's exactly they, what they hey, want they to got, do. Today. They got openings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think he will be. I, I think there'll be a veteran quarterback under center for the Jets next year. I don't think Zach Wilson will even be on that roster, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I, I, right. Um, but I think you tell me, Connor and Lawrence, I want you guys to give me a, your honest opinion here. What's worse? The, the Jets organization for, you know, spending the second overall pick yeah. on Zach Wilson or Jay Croucher, a smart man, <laughs> with a lot of data in front of him betting on Zach Wilson last night because that's what he did. That's why he's wearing a Bortles jersey. I took my Swaguars straight up. Yeah. He wouldn't even give me the two and a half. No. He wouldn't give me the two and a half. And I said, fine, I'll take the Jags straight up. I'll wear the Pennington jersey tomorrow if the Jets win. You wear Bortles if my Swaguars win. My Swaguars won in deciding fashion. Jay Croucher, with all the data in front of you and your brains, you still bet on Zach Wilson last night. I'll tell you two things. One, if the Jets, if they had Blake Bortles last night, they might win that game. They would have beaten the Patriots in that punt return game. They would have beaten the Lions with Blake Bortles. And I'm not talking about 2017 Blake Bortles. I'm talking about Blake Bortles today, whatever yeah, he's doing. Any, yeah, he I'm wins about to those, say any Blake Bortles. Yeah. Blake Bortles <laughs> on the couch. He yeah. wins those games. Two, six years ago when I was working in Australia as a corporate lawyer, I didn't think I'd be on NBC wearing a Blake Bortles jersey, but life comes at you fast. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's going better for me right now than Zach Two days Wilson. before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That, that is a good point. All things considered, you're still in a <laughs> yeah. better, you're still feeling better about yourself yeah. this morning than Zach Wilson is. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's much to talk about here with the, with the Jets offense, other than the fact that I, because short week, right, bad weather, and a quarterback change. Hopefully next week Mike White is back. And then you're back. You know, if you survive this, if you survived Garrett Wilson having a, a poor performance, Bam Knight having poor performance, you know, I think you can feel better about them uh, next week, you know, a, with Mike White under yeah, center. Against Seattle, who yeah, their defense is strong. Yeah, and brutal, yeah. including their run defense. So I, be I feel nice better about Bam Knight. Yeah. You know, felt like, again, short week, <laughs> they'll have 10 days to prepare. So, yeah, I don't know that there's much to talk about that. Other side of the ball here. Four straight games for Evan Ingram. Evan yeah. Ingram's a thing. Like, I mean, has been. Can you be like I was complaining about the fact that I played against him in a playoff game and he knocked me out of the playoffs in one league. But he now has four straight games with over 14 fantasy points. Since week 13, he's the number one tight end fantasy. Now, of course, skewed by that huge game that he had um, against Tennessee. But still, like, yeah. he, they were looking for Evan Ingram, as you see there on your screen. Obviously, the, the 11 for 162, two touchdowns in week 14 against the Titans. But... Still, like, you know, scored against the Lions in Week 13, 8 for 62 against the Cowboys last week, and against the Jets, 7 for 113. Evan Ingram's legit and not 100% rostered somehow. Is he the number two tight end in fantasy next week? They're going to play in the Texans. Is it Kelsey, then Ingram? And depending on what Mark Andrews does, yeah. I mean, he's got to be top five. There's no well, question well, about it. Well, I had him top five this week, and he can yeah. only go up from yeah. here. You know, and you mentioned the uh, the big game he had a couple of weeks ago. And when you talk about tight ends and fantasy, even without that big game in there, he should be better than all the other tight ends besides Travis Kelsey. So, like, it's lit for him for real. He's getting he's getting looks. He's obviously getting in the end zone. I had him as a top five play this week as well, Lawrence. So you and I were on the same page there. And, you know, the last thing I'll say here, and we can move on to the show, is just, like, Trevor Lawrence, man. Like, that was a hell of a performance. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
in the rain against a tough defense, off to a, gets the bad start, right, with a fumble, the fumble deep in his own territory, but came back and, like, used his legs, which we talk about. Like, by the way, the, the prop line for his rushing was just 12 and a half. Like, just smack, you know, just, again, but I thought creatively about Doug Peterson using his legs. We've talked about that in the preseason, that he, he's more mobile than people give him credit for. Obviously, tough, a tough, uh, tough day at the office for Zay Jones and, and Christian Kirk, given, given the, the tough matchup and the rain and the short week. I'm not worried about any of those guys. Yeah. But they, Lawrence, they didn't need him. Next year, Charlie Lawrence is a, is a locked-in QB1, I think. I think I'd be, he's, a, he's clearly a, a QB1, not only for the rest of the year, obviously, but I think as you start thinking about next year, He'll, he'll go in the top ten among quarterbacks. Calvin drafted. Ridley on the way back. On the, it only right. gets better. Ooh, people only forget about better. that. <laughs> right. yeah. I also thought the last night just basically was yet another statement about just how horrific a job Urban Meyer did with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> it was hard to do. Hard, hard to do what do. Urban Meyer did. Like, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know that there's been a worse coaching performance in professional football than Urban Meyer last year with the Jaguars. How bad Urban Meyer was has actually killed Doug Peterson's Coach of the Year campaign because it's like, oh, if we put North Turner in there, they'd probably be doing the exact same thing. It's just not Urban Meyer. <laughs> and he should be. I mean, Peterson, I don't know that Peterson's Coach of the Year, but he should absolutely be in the, you know, yeah, others receiving five. votes. Yeah, top five. Yeah. What him and Dable have done to turn things around in their respective situations. But yeah. Doug's is unbelievable. Yeah. All right, let's get into the top storylines. We'll get away from the Thursday night game. Um, and by the way, he'll get no votes too, but Salah should be there. I get it. You know, they've lost yeah, a couple now and everything like that. And so yeah. they're finishing tough. But, like, no one thought the Jets would be good this year at all. No one thought that we'd be talking about potential playoff berths in December with the Jets. I, I think Salah's done a great job. They're like, one player away. Right, he's, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he rolled out there with Zach Wilson, Mike White, and, uh, and, Joe, and, and Joe Flacco. <laughs> yep. I mean, that was his quarterbacks yeah. this year, yep. you know, and he's one game under 500. they They're like three plays away from being 10-6. and six. Like yes. the, the Vikings game, the Lions game, the Patriots game, they had some tough losses. Yeah, win total set at 5.5. They got yeah. to 7 quickly, but when you have no quarterback... Yeah. Things get off the rails really quickly. Yes. So. All right, we, week 16 here, fellas. Top storylines. Barry, what's the number one thing you're looking at here on the fantasy radar? I, I think get this, it, radar? Yeah, I, I do. Doppler radar, how about <laughs> I, Look, I mean, weather, guys. I think weather is going to be a massive factor this week uh, as well. Like, so, so many games, have, and we've talked about it throughout the week here on Fantasy Football Happy Hour about this, you know, this Cleveland-New Orleans games where we expect the weather to be like 10 degrees and, you know, potentially winds up to 50 miles an hour. So many games are going to be outdoors in bad weather. We saw the effect of it last night uh, with the Jets just heavy rain in that Jets-Jaguars game. And so uh, I asked a friend of ours, the official meteorologist of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, to weigh in and give us a breakdown of the weather in this week's games. It's going to be cold as hell everywhere this weekend, so I'm giving you the in-depth analysis for Week 16 in the NFL. Starting in Charlotte, we got the Lions at the Panthers. Now, we know the Lions' offense can move well, but this time they outside and they got Jared Goff, that Cali boy, in that cold weather. He might freeze up just a little bit there. Then we got the ugliest game on the slate, right? Take it on up to Cleveland, where the Saints have to travel to the Cleveland Browns and play, right? 50-mile-an-hour gusts. In that game, you only really want to start eh, maybe Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamar. I don't know nobody else. Then take that thing on down to Nashville right here. Now it's 20 degrees, and that is not a problem. However, the problem is tackling King Henry in that 20-degree weather. I don't know if they're going to do that, being the worst rushing defense in the league. 
That was Lord Don't Like Cold, by the right. way. Don't like no cold, man. No, exactly. No relation, <laughs> guy. no relation to Lord Don't Lose. Well, right, he's because he's clear. wearing glasses. That yes. guy wasn't wearing glasses. Yes. I don't know who. We do that. got one thing in common, though. This is it. Is that I don't like the code either, sir. Hey, <laughs> hey, holla at me, my man. Wherever yeah, you at, that link up. Lord don't <laughs> like cold doing uh, breaking that down. But yeah, I mean that's my big storyline, guys. Is that I think uh, as you're you're sort of making uh, borderline decisions, you're starting your studs. But I do think like there are scenarios where I agree with Lord don't like cold. That you know, <laughs> like Kamara, like Kamara and Chubb, you know, and maybe Taysom Hill if you're desperate at tight end, you could see him getting more run in that game. But like you're avoiding Amari Cooper in that game. Like you don't feel good about anyone in the Titans other than Derrick Henry. Like as you go through that, like I'm trying to look for games in which uh, they're in a dome or in good weather when I'm targeting sort of borderline players there. Um, but you see it there in your screen. 11 degrees in Kansas City for Seahawks Chiefs, right? 25 degrees in Carolina for Lions Panthers. 11 degrees Raiders at Steelers. Uh, it Bengals at Patriots is 20 degrees. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy in a lot of places. Just nasty weather. I expect a depressed offensive weekend in fantasy for many of these games. Yeah, I'm a Celsius guy, so those numbers don't mean anything to me. <laughs> but I did see with the miles per hour wins, that's the thing that really kills fantasy production. Yes. Kills passing yards. Yeah, so I think the two ones in particular... <clears throat> Uh, the Bills against the Bears and then the, the Cleveland game uh, against New Orleans. Those two, they're going to be heavy run gaps. And, and, and by the way, just real quickly on that, I mean, this seems like a dumb thing, but there are still many leagues out there that play with kickers. Like, you know, no, seriously, like, I don't want Tyler Bass this weekend, right? I mean, you know, like, get, get the guys that are going to be in windy conditions, like, hey, is Graham Gano out there in my league, right? He's kicking in Minnesota in a dome, right? You know, yeah. is, is, uh, is Jason Sanders out there, right? You know, kicking for Miami yeah. in, in Miami, you know? Just picked or, him up. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm just, again, like those small little lineup decisions in, in what will probably be a close playoff matchup, they make a difference. Yeah. Thanks to thanks to Lord Don't Like Cold, you now know there are eight <laughs> games expected to have freezing temperatures. Eight uh, games. Lawrence, what's your top storyline heading into Week 16? Uh, weekend 16. For me, especially this important fantasy weekend, it's going to be can the Dolphins get back on track to that elite offense that they were the first half of the season. We saw it kind of come back to the light against the Bills in a bad weather game. Remember, it was snowing towards the end of the game, real cold. Score ended up being 32-29. to 29. So with those two offenses, it didn't mean much. But this was the key for them. They got to running the ball. They had time of possession against the Bills. They had the ball for 30 minutes. In the previous two games versus the Chargers and the 49ers, they had only had it for 19 minutes in each of those games. So if they could run the ball – and, you know, kind of keep their defense off the field because the defense, not a great defense, but they can make timely plays, keep them off the field, open up the pass more, and I should, I, I would like to see them get back on track versus the Packers. Yeah, and it feels like everybody's been able to run against that Green Bay defense, so this is absolutely weekend. High, high total, to 250 yeah. over under I'm, right there. Also, I'm playing against Raheem Mostert in a playoff game. <laughs> oh, so, so great. You know he's going off. Raheem yeah, yeah, he, he, he going to do something. He's going to have a massive game. There's no question about it. <laughs> uh, but important game for Miami as well. Not that they haven't been trying, but they need, like, a win. They they need, need to win, win badly. Yeah, got to win it. Yeah. Okay. Jay, what do you got? So, I've got Giants-Vikings, which I think if you looked at this game on the schedule before the season, you would have thought 8-7 uh, and seven Vikings against 5-10 and 10 Giants. This game is going to mm-hmm. kind of be 
bad. But it's really interesting. One, the Giants, they can lock up a playoff berth if they win this game. And they're only four-point dogs, uh, which I think does surprise some people. And then there's just a lot of fantasy implications as well. The fact that you've got, you know, is KJ Osborne? Is that going to be a thing? Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one. Saquon Barkley quietly looked like Saquon Barkley again on Sunday Night Football in a game that Matthew loves to talk about. So I think there are a lot of fantasy storylines here. And also betting-wise... Like, I think we need to just like step back and like the Giants can clinch a playoff berth with two weeks to spare. It's absurd That's that this wow. team yeah. is where they are. What does that yeah. mean for Brian Dable, coach of the year? I mean, no, nobody should have expected that. It's no. insane. It's like he's gotten a little bit overshadowed just because they had a really bad month where and they're just such a kind of blah team. But yeah. I think he should be look, I think that it's Sirianni against Shanahan and Dable is the dark horse, but I think the job that Shanahan has done, if Shanahan goes six and with Brock Purdy, I think he will win the award, particularly if Sirianni loses to uh to Dallas on Saturday. But Dable's right there as well, and he's done an amazing job. He has done an amazing job. And to your point, again, like that's a game I think to target for for borderline guys, it's a game that with a high total, that is indoors, that won't be impacted by weather, to a good <coughs> offense in Minnesota and a competent offense in, in New York, and two defenses that have really struggled as well. Uh, you know, And so, right, I mean, you're starting Barkley, you're starting Justin Jefferson, but you know, I'm high on Kirk Cousins this week. I think Thielen is viable. Obviously, Hawkinson's already a top five uh, fantasy tight end there. But how about, you know, Darius Slayton in that game? I just talked about Graham Gano, right? Or Greg Joseph on the other side. Like, I do think that's a game to target, uh, right? You know, if you're, if you're desperate for a wide receiver three, I think K.J. Osborne versus some guy that, you know, uh, is in a, in a bad win game. Yep, the total in that game, to your point, Matthew, is 48. And I think the sneaky thing in that matchup is that this year, like Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins have basically been the same level of quarterback, which I don't think anyone thought coming into the season. Kirk Cousins Fantasy points-wise. Not well, necessarily, not even playing-wise. I think I, they're that far apart. Kirk Cousins has been chucking it up to Justin Jefferson and he makes catches over three guys. Like I don't think Cousins has been great. And people look at, yeah, he had a ma- an amazing amount of yards against the Colts. Cousins was dreadful in the first half. Like He yes. had to throw yeah. that out. So I think this is going to be a, a closer game than people expect. So let's take all that, right? We did the weather report. We talked a lot about the Browns. Yeah. Look at a guy like Adam Thielen, sure. right? And so you're thinking about Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, who you've leaned on Cooper probably earlier in this year for a long time. How do you stack up all those conditions, the total, the weather, what Cooper's done or what he hasn't I, done with Deshaun Watson? I, I have Adam Thielen at 30. I have Amari Cooper at 31. I would start Adam Thielen over Amari <laughs> Cooper. And, by the way, I am starting Adam Thielen over Amari Cooper. I'm in, I'm in the semifinals of my, uh, my, uh, my longtime keeper slash dynasty league with all my college buddies, and I'm in, I'm in the semis, and I'm literally starting Adam Thielen over Amari Cooper in that league. It's a half-point PPR league. I, I just want no part of Amari Cooper. He's bad in the cold. He's been bad with Sean Watson. It's not a great matchup against New Orleans. And, again, potentially 50-mile-an-hour gusts. There's literally nothing to point to that says you feel good about Amari Cooper other than the fact that he's Amari Cooper. I mean, like that, you're banking it just on that name and the past production that you've seen before Deshaun Watson got there. So if Jacoby Brissett's getting the nod, then okay, maybe. But, like, it just doesn't... This feels like a a 10-to-6 game. Right? You know, that... um, And that, you know... yeah, Which would be good for all the people who got that Cleveland Browns defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'd much, ra- I'd much rather fire up the Saints or Browns defense yeah. than any player in the passing attack on either side. Again, because oh, by the way, uh, yesterday Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry both ruled out Boom. of this game. Uh, like it's going to be like Rashid Shahid. Uh, you know, I mean, like Traquan Smith. Like it's um, big nice. I mean, it's 
like if if I'm starting one guy in the passing attack in this game, (laughs) it might be Jawan Johnson, who you know does seem to have a connection with Andy Dalton. I think you'll see more Taysom Hill. He'll qualify tight end, but they'll probably use him uh, as a runner in this one. But this feels ugly. This feels like a really ugly game. Yeah, total thirty two and a half. Right. Yeah. The lowest since when? Yeah, like, 2009. Oh, 32 and a half, and I feel like I want to take the under. Yeah. yeah. Saints just played in a 13 nothing game like two weeks ago against the Niners. They've got this in them. They can do it. They can do it. They're going to hold, you say they're going to hold up they in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One for me here, guys. The big story of the week earlier for us was if Jalen Hurts would play. Now that he's out, the story goes Gardner Minshew. What does that do for the Eagles offense, especially against the Cowboys? For me, guys, the short answer is... Not much, honestly. Jalen Hurts is amazing, right? We know what Jalen Hurts can do on the ground through the air. But if you're worried about the pass catchers of the Eagles in this one, I'm not. I think Devontae Smith will be fine. I think A.J. Brown will be fine. Dallas Goddard had his career high in fantasy with 28.5 points uh, week 13 of last season. So Gardner Minshew, is he Jalen Hurts? With Minshew. No, with Minshew. Right, exactly. That's my point. Just clean that up. Yeah. There's not a drop-off. If you're starting players from the Eagles offense and you're worried because Minshew's in, don't be. He'll be fine. By the way, this Cowboys secondary is banged up a little bit. We expect the Cowboys to be able to move. You know, this is also one of the highest over-unders on the slate as well at 46 and a half. We expect points to be scored here. And so I would agree with you. Gardner Minshew is a competent quarterback, right? He is not Jalen Hurts, but he'll be passing behind a big offensive line. He'll have a good run game. Gardner Minshew will be fine. I agree with you, Connor, Connor to the extent that we care for our, our Eagles pass catchers. I would normally... St- I would start who I would normally start. Gardner, not the only backup quarterback starting this weekend. Look at the list here on the screen of the guys that will be starting. Desmond Ritter is in. Tyler Huntley's good to go. None of these guys that you see on your screen, with the exception of Baker Mayfield, started uh, started week one. And Baker Mayfield started for the Panthers in week one. It's unbelievable when you think about that. Nick Foles, Trace McSorley, Mayfield starting for uh, the Rams, Brock Purdy, Taylor Heineke, Malik Willis, Sam Darnold, Tyler Huntley, Desmond Ritter, Gardner, Minshew there. Deshaun Watson's also going to start. He wasn't. He didn't start the uh, the year as the uh, as the starter there in um, Cleveland as well. So, I mean, it's just like – by the way, we saw – I mean, we saw whatever. We saw Zach Wilson who had his job and then lost it and then got it back again and lost it again. Lost it again. So, I mean, bad quarterback play. Not even mentioned there because Davis Mills will technically get the start, but we'll see some Jeff Driscoll in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jay as, Day, as well, right, uh, against, uh, against Tennessee. Like, it's just, you know, Kenny Pickett makes his return. For Pittsburgh, but we've seen uh, we've seen Mitch Trubisky, and they threaten us with Mason Rudolph, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? I, you know, and there's a chance we see Anthony Johnson for the Ravens because Huntley's not a hundred percent. It's um, it, it, what's what's crazy is is by the way, a lot of those guys are like third stringers. Like McSorley's yeah, a third Trace stringer. Yeah. Baker Mayfield at one point was the third stringer. Brock Purdy was the third stringer. I, I mean, like it's just been a it's been an absolutely brutal year. Uh, for quarterbacks and in week 16 trying to find fantasy players that are getting throws from competent quarterbacks is tougher than it normally is in an NFL season yeah it's uh you're right it is you know what it is it it, it feels like it's it's just you know week 16 there's just a lot of Stranger things going on. Very good, Matthew. God. Terrible. God right. there you go. Quickly, quickly. Get, get that on. on. Yeah, well, let's get us out of here. Let's get us God right into burning God questions bless. before he continues on. We're going to end up For those listening at home, I'm wearing, a stranger thing. I'm wearing a Stranger Things Christmas sweater for those listening at home. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. That was, that's what that yes. was. It was a walk-off. Well, you know what, what's, what's nice is sometimes, sometimes I like to just tell a bad dad joke and let it lie there, but sometimes I like to really just over-explain it yeah. and just really hammer it home. Because when it didn't land the first time, I think if you just keep hammering it over and over, 
over again, yeah, it'll just um, it'll like, be worse. Uh, He's like, you're going to get this joke now. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> Matthew loves to do the, the Matrix Reloaded thing where the architect guy explains, like, takes yes. 22 minutes to explain, oh, here's what you guys were watching the past two hours. Like hey, Keanu, do you remember? Yeah, that's what, right. what's happening. Do you, if you guys ever saw the old Austin Powers movies, yeah. I should have been Basil Exposition. That's right. what I yeah. should have been. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the role. Exposition is what's, what it's known when you explain stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm explaining exposition. Yeah. Burning questions. That's <laughs> what I'm doing here. Let's start with the Eagles at Cowboys. December 23rd, you get the jokes you get. End of the year. <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead. Well, okay, I just want to make sure. Uh, okay, no worries. Back to Eagles at Cowboys here. We talked a lot about Gardner Minshew and the pass catchers, but Jay, how do you look at someone like Miles Sanders in this game as well? Is there a concern or is there maybe even a boost because we know how much Jalen takes away from the touchdown threat in the red zone on the ground? I think it's just bad for Miles Sanders. To your point, I don't think the pass catchers are as effective, but I think that so much of what Miles Sanders has been able to do, his efficiency, his red zone looks, have been because of what Jalen Hurts opens up for the rest of your running game because he's such a threat. And then also just game script. Like, they were one-and-a-half-point dogs, now they're four-point dogs. So they're less likely to be leading, less likely to be running the ball. Dallas' run defense has been a bit susceptible. Dallas' defense in general has been a bit susceptible, but I think this is bad for Miles Sanders, but the pass catchers won't suffer as much. Lawrence, you agree with that? Yeah, that is a great point that he brought up. Now, we could, you know, on the service, we could say, like you said, Connor, no Jalen Hurts, more rushing opportunities for Miles Sanders. Now, that'll be good if the if the Eagles get near that goal line and we expect them too often. Then it's, if they get near the goal line, it's like you know it's Miles Sanders instead of thinking like, oh, Jalen Hurts is going to vulture the touchdown to where it could be either guy. But to Jay's point, like a lot of that opening up, has to do with the threat of Jalen Hurts. So it's it's a 50-50. Got to get near that goal line. Saints-Browns, Barry, you heard uh, not Lawrence, but Lord don't like cold. Yeah. Talk about this game and, and the lack of, uh, obviously. I'm going to submit him for an Emmy, Lord I, don't like cold. For this so, show, that's what we Emmy. should. Yeah. yeah. That was an incredible debut. No doubt. And it should not be the, the last time no, we hear from him. absolutely not. Is there really anybody you could start in this game besides the running backs on each side, Kamara and Chubb? I mean, you already said Cooper is wide receiver 31 for you. Yeah, Kareem Hunt's wide rec- running back 47, Deshaun Watson quarterback 18. I do think Kamara and Chubb are viable top 12 plays today. Uh, you talk about Kamara, who had 23 touches last week. Cleveland allows the second most rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. So I know Kamara's been sort of allergic to the end zone this year. He's only got one game in which he scored. He did score three touchdowns in this game. But just given the cold, given the, the struggles of the offense, the fact, again, no Olave, no Landry in this game, uh, my expectation is that it's a massive workload. No Mark Ingram as well. I mean, again, they're, David Johnson, you know, is getting, is getting a run in this game, right? I mean, potentially Eno Benjamin. So I think, it's, I think Taysom Hill becomes sort of interesting. Just like, again, he, only if he qualifies at tight end in your league. He doesn't qualify at tight end on every platform, but he does on most. And so if Taysom Hill qualifies at tight end and you're sort of in that tight end streamer hoping for a touchdown world, I think you could make an argument that maybe there's more Taysom Hill in a game where we expect them to be run heavy in a game in a matchup where they should be able to run the ball. But other than that, no, I'm avoiding this game at all at all possible. Jawan Johnson maybe as well, but uh, I do think uh, Chubb gets back on track as well. He's averaging almost 20 touches a game. Uh, your boy uh, Evan Dolchit, how do I pronounce his last name? The center for the Browns. How do I pronounce his? Pochit. Pochit. Oh, I was going to say Dolchit. That's the tight end <coughs> Denver. Sorry. Pochit. Right. Yeah, anyway, he's back, which is he's he he'll be back for the Browns as well, which should help that run game, as you've sort of noticed as he's been out. Um, uh, Chubb has struggled somewhat, so I like Chubb in this game as well. I think heavy run game. 
Yes. Amazing. And we like the under on 32 and a half. Yeah. Amazing that Ethan Postig has become my boy. It's uh, yeah. very, yeah. <laughs> I was playing long odds before the season that I was going to be uttered on this show. How did we get yeah. here? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Seahawks. Talk, right. As a young man in Australia, yeah. one day I'll grow up to be on NBC wearing a Bortles jersey talking about <laughs> six foot six center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for the Browns. Yeah. For the, for the Browns, exactly. Seahawks Chiefs, one of the highest point totals of the weekend, guys. Over under is set at 49. We also know this is a game that will be dealing with frigid temperatures. But, Lawrence, with that being said, do you think at this point both Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon are top 20 running back plays with what they've done over the last month? Well, it's easy to answer that question, kind of, because over the past three weeks, Jarek McKinnon has been RB2, Isaiah Pacheco has been RB19, so that's facts. So, yes, they could both be uh, top 20 backs going into this week. And speaking of the uh, frigid temperatures, now it's not going to really affect, you know, it's not definitely not going to affect Kansas City, so they're going to play their game. The, the question will be is can the Seahawks catch up? If, if, the, if the spread holds true at minus 10, then we should see a lot of both of these running backs and expecting them to do what they've been doing the past few weeks. Barry, how are you ranking them this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I have, I have McKinnon over uh, Pacheco, 15 for McKinnon, Pacheco at 18. Both guys are must-starts must here. Uh, and I think that you're starting the normal Chiefs guys who are. Yes, it's supposed to be cold, but I don't think it's going to be super windy. And it's a great matchup with Seattle as well as their defense has really struggled. Kelsey is in a smash spot. I mean, we, we saw what George Kittle did to the Seahawks last week as well. I think Juju's in for a big game here as well. We'll see how the rest of the pass catchers um, uh, sort of play out. Uh, you know, I think we're getting McCole Hardman back as well. you got MVS out there, some Sky Moore, Justin Watson, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe even Kadarius Tony makes an appearance. But the normal guys you're starting of the Chiefs, I think you're starting other side of that ball in Seattle. I think the big question here is what happens in Seattle with a running game. And then, of course, opposite DK Metcalf. I think DK Metcalf set up for a huge game here. Oh yeah. Marquise Goodwin is kind of an interesting streamer in this game because of no Tyler Lockett. They're going to be down <coughs> 10. Kansas City actually is top five in terms of most fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. And then Pete Carroll said that he expects Ken Walker to play in this game. And if he does, well, we'll see. Right? I know you, you gave a look like I'm not sure I buy it. If it was any other coach in the league outside yeah. of Pete Carroll, but I would just make sure you have a backup plan for Ken Walker because he didn't practice all week dealing with a back as well as his ankle now. So I just, it's not like minus a thousand that Ken Walker is going to play in that. On the game. other hand, though, he didn't really practice last week leading up into the Niners game, and then he, he looked like Ken Walker True. against, against the he'll Niners. He'll probably play, but right. just have a backup option. Uh, yeah. There's no question about it. I just think the, the upside of Ken Walker, I don't know that you have another option here. Kansas City's middle of the pack in terms of uh, run defense. Walker's involved in the passing game, so even if they're down, they'll go to him. It's a 1 o'clock game on Saturday, so that's the positives, is that you will know uh, if Ken Walker is active or not, so you'll be able to pivot there. But uh, I, don't, I will say this. If Walker is out, I don't love any other Seahawks running back, whether it's Travis Homer or I'm DJ Dallas. Like, I'm avoiding that situation uh, if it's not Ken Walker. Lions, two-and-a-half-point favorites traveling to play the Panthers. The over-unders at 43-and-a-half. Jay, Detroit's backfield has hit a bit of a slump recently. Is there anyone in this offense, besides Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, that you actually trust with confidence here? I think you feel okay about DeAndre Swift. Outside of that, I wouldn't like any of the pass catchers in Detroit. I think, look, they beat the Jets, and Jared Goff's stat line was okay. Jared mm-hmm. Goff did not play well in that no. game. He missed Jameson Williams open for a touchdown. All the fears about Goff outdoors in the cold, they were all realized yeah. against the Jets. They just got bailed out by that one huge play 
at the end to Brock Wright. So I didn't feel good about the pass catches outside of Amon Ra and then DeAndre Swift as well. Yeah, and the Brock Wright touchdown, by the way, was like a 10-yard pass that yes. then Brock Wright ran <laughs> yeah, like good 60 for you, Jared. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, so it, it counts as a 60-yard touchdown or whatever it was for Jared Goff. But to your point, he did not play well as, as well. It looked okay in the box score. But Panthers are the seventh-best de- pass defense over the last month. Give Steve Wilkes credit. Like, he has turned that defense around. They're playing well. They're also a top 10, uh, their top 10 run defense uh, in the last four weeks. But to your point, 75 total yards in two of the past three for DeAndre Swift. I agree with you, Jay. I was a borderline top 20 play in this one. He's one that I think you can, is viable in this one. But, yeah, I mean, I have Jamal Williams in a deep league, and I'm, I'm likely benching him. Yep. Five catches for DeAndre Swift against the Jets, and that's going to bump it up. Yeah, helps in the PPR format. All right, fellas, we are going to take our first break. But when we are back, Mike Florio joins the show to go through the biggest injury headlines around the league. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. loves an ugly sweater. The Broncos were pranked. I like the one player pointing out. He, he realized there was a camera back on the fantasy football happy hour with Jay Croucher, Matthew Berry, and a man who truly knows how to rock an ugly sweater, our very own Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk and Football Night in America. Look at, there he is. There is Mike Florio in all his glory, his Viking sweater resplendent, basking in their epic comeback victory against the Colts. The personified beauty right there from Mike Florio. Action Listen, shot. When you come back from 33 nothing, you can rock whatever you want, Mike Florio. Well done, and you join us now on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Also, once again, in the purple and gold for your beloved Minnesota Vikings. Well, it's very cold here today, so I needed something that would allow me to withstand this blast that has made its way into the attic above my garage i'm surprised you can't see my breath and also i don't know what the etiquette is for wearing a christmas sweater like what's the turnaround can you wear it once a week can you wear it every other day i don't know so i didn't want to push it and potentially breach some protocol for ugly christmas sweaters because i was thinking about wearing it again today but you, since i just had it on five days ago i don't think it's ripe again yet you you listen i i, I think you could have absolutely listen when you come back from 33 nothing when you set an nfl record for the largest comeback <laughs> in history i think you can rock whatever you want with ugly christmas sweaters there are no rules i'm wearing a stranger things an ode to stranger things one and by the way i have a i have a new sweater for the second hour 
just, you know, I'm going to have a costume change. I'm, I'm like Janet Jackson back here. Yeah, I'm actually, this is my Christmas sweater because I think nothing says Christmas like Blake Bortles, but um, that's just me. It's fair enough. Listen, Mike, uh, look, it's the day before the games, and I know, you know, things always change. Within 24 hours before the games start, and in some cases 48 hours because we have a few games on Christmas, including our own game here on NBC and Peacock, uh, Cardinals and Buccaneers. So things can change, but... At this hour, if I may be Steve Kornacki here for a second, at this hour, we want to know what you're hearing. And let's start with the Monday night game and Nick Foles, named as the new quarterback. Why the change to Nick Foles? What are you hearing about the Colts offense, especially under Foles? Well, during the portion of the Saturday game between the Colts and Vikings that I actually saw live because I was waiting to get on a plane to come up to Connecticut, you got the sense that they maybe were holding in their back pocket the possibility of yanking Matt Ryan and putting Nick Foles in then. And maybe in hindsight, Jeff Saturday, the coach of the cow of the Colts, excuse me, wishes he had put Nick Foles in at some point in the second half because Matt Ryan simply wasn't doing anything. Saturday said this week, we've got to get the safeties farther than seven yards away from the line of scrimmage. Matt Ryan not getting the ball down the field. And remember this, when they first benched him and Frank Reich said, that Sam Ellinger would be the starter the rest of the season. It was widely believed that that was a contractual move. Matt Ryan has $17 million in injury guarantees that will vest in March if he can't pass a physical. So whenever you are truly done with him, you have to get him off the field and put him in bubble wrap or you put $17 million at risk. Now, they were willing to do it when they were still alive and when Jeff Saturday thought he gave them the best chance to win. But now they're at the point where they've seen everything that they need to see from Matt Ryan. He's done. Let's see what Nick Foles can do, and let's protect that $17 million. They already owe Ryan $12 million next year, fully guaranteed. They wanted to avoid it, pushing that up to $29 million. Yeah, I'm not sure there's that much difference between Matt Ryan and Nick Foles at this point, given what Matt Ryan has shown. But there will be a difference between Jonathan Taylor. I actually, I will say this. I think Nick Foles has a bigger arm. I think they may, I mean, like, I don't know that he's, I think he's probably less accurate. But I think Foles can push it down the field further than Matt Ryan at this point in his career can. And so maybe they, they take some shots down. I mean, field. it can't look much worse. So why, it might, it's going to be different. So why not try it? But it is, the drop it off is from, big news <laughs> yeah. that Nick Foles is yep. starting. Big, big news. Colts officially eliminated from uh, the playoffs last night as well, mercifully, with that Jags win. But Jonathan Taylor's out for the year with a high ankle sprain. His replacements are going to be Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. Mike, what are you hearing about that situation in terms of the split between those two? <coughs> Look for Zach Moss to get the bulk of the carries and that Jackson and Jordan Wilkins, who's on the practice squad, will will be bumped up for the game on Monday night. They'll get some of them, but Moss is the guy to play if if that's the guy you've got on your roster and if that's the guy you're thinking about from the Colts. Well, that's helpful then. I mean, for especially for the people that had Deion Jackson, uh, and we're thinking maybe he might get some passing down work as well. Jordan Wilkins be in the mix there, but Zach Moss to get the bulk of the work for the Colts is certainly helpful, especially when you consider. By the way, over the last month, the Chargers are like a bottom eight run defense. That's one thing that you can attack LA on is you can run the ball. And I, with Nick Foles under center, why would you want to throw it? Yeah, you know, it's uh, certainly at least as long as the game is close, expect a heavy, healthy dose of Zach Moss. You know, I think he's a viable flex this week, probably a little bit more touchdown dependent than you need. But um, let's move over. Let's stay in the same division in the AFC South. And now let's move to Tennessee. Malik Willis taking over for Ryan Tannehill. He's out with injury. The last time we saw Malik Willis, Mike, they would not let him throw. It was a Zach Wilson-esque offense under Malik Willis where they were like desperately trying to hide 
Malik Willis. As you see it there on your screen, just 10 pass attempts against Houston in Week 8, 16 on the road at Kansas City in Week 9. Under 81 passing yards in both games for Malik Willis. Is the expectation now that he still isn't ready for prime time, so to speak, and they're going to limit him and it's just going to be all Derrick Henry? Or do they have more confidence in Malik Willis? What are you hearing about uh, out of Tennessee these days in terms of their new rookie starting quarterback? Well, don't expect the game plan to call for 30 passes from Malik Willis, and I think they'd like to try to run as much as they can and only pass if they have to. If they can effectively move the ball with minimal passing, then you just keep doing it. We've seen that in stretches for the Titans where a defense just can't stop Derrick Henry and the rest of the running attack, so they just keep going that way. And if they have to throw it, if they have to put the ball in Malik Willis's hands and hope that he can basically save their season, that's the, you know, hey, no pressure, rookie. We just need you to go out there and win games for us because Ryan Tannehill's likely done for the year and we've got the Jaguars on our heels. So I think they want to help him build some confidence. I think that's what you see a lot with guys like this who are young and inexperienced. Find ways to complete high percentage passes, build some confidence, get it down the field on a limited basis, but very strategically after the guy feels better about himself. Just that momentum that builds as you get more comfortable. But they're not going to throw extensively, and I don't think we would have expected them to. The question is if they fall behind and they need to come back and gain yards quickly, will Willis get it done if that obligation falls on him to literally save the season for the Titans? Yeah, we, looks like perhaps Traylon Burks will return for the Titans in this one, and Chigakonko has been a top-five tight end for the last <coughs> couple of weeks here, but both guys would be desperation plays for me given the weather and Malik Willis. I, I, I would ideally look elsewhere for any Titan not named Derrick Henry. That's the only guy that I think he can start. And Derrick Henry, of course, has... Look, I, I think it's four straight games with over 200 yards against the Texans yeah, and two it's, touchdowns it's for, uh, for King Henry. Yeah. You, cannot be, you don't want to start Malik Willis, clearly, but you could not build a better game in a lab for Malik Willis in this situation, just given that I think that the Titans are probably going to face more stacked boxes this game than any team has faced all year. So there will be guys open for Malik Willis, or at least in single coverage. Uh, maybe not going to be that many guys open in Cleveland, New Orleans, Mike, where there's going to be... 32-mile-per-hour wins. The total there is 32-and-a-half. Is there a different approach that you see these teams taking in the conditions? Well, here's what's amazing to me. Most of the media covering the Saints can't even get to Cleveland for this game. So uh, it's just that's how bad it's going to be, and that's how bad it is in this area right now. But I saw that Nick Underhill, who runs NewOrleansFootball.com and has covered the Saints for a long time, he suggested that it may be an extensive Taysom Hill day. And I've been saying for weeks, use this guy more. He provides a spark. He creates excitement. He makes things happen. That's been the case for the last three years, but they never use him as much as they should. It looks like by necessity we're going to see a lot more Taysom Hill because he comes in with that viable run-based attack that you may need to try to outscore the Browns under very tough weather conditions. So Taysom Hill is just a fascinating figure to me because he shows up as a tight end on the roster, but he does so many other things for you potentially if they just give him opportunities to play. Yeah, in leagues in which he platforms where he qualifies a tight end, it seems like he's a no-brainer start. We also like Kamara in this game. Worth noting as well, in addition to the bad weather conditions, no Chris Olave, no Jarvis Landry. I mean, they're really beat up in the receiving core uh, in a bad weather game against a tough Browns defense that at least uh, there's one area that they give up 
uh, give up yardage, and it's against the run. Like they give up 5.6 yards per carry to running backs. That's among the highest in the league. So uh, I agree with you. I think it's it sounds like a big uh, Taysom Hill game, and of course uh, Alvin Kamara. You're starting him as well. Last one for me here, Mike. Um, Lamar Jackson looks like he's set to miss yet another game for the Baltimore Ravens. Tyler Huntley, even though he's dealing with a shoulder, looks like he's going to go. What are you hearing about Baltimore? Is this the last we've seen of Lamar Jackson? Is he ever coming back for fantasy managers? It's a contract year for him. He did not want to sign an extension in the preseason. Like This is a weird one to me. Uh, What are you hearing about uh, Baltimore and the quarterback situation and that offense? Well, remember when he suffered that knee injury, Coach John Harbaugh said it's not season-ending, it's week-to-week. But when you are Lamar Jackson, if you're anything less than 100%, why are you going to play without the security beyond this year and put yourself at risk? That's the smart play for any player who has just a few games left before he becomes a free agent or eligible for the franchise tag. And that's what's fascinating here. What I've been picking up on this is that the Ravens may be undergoing an organizational shift away from the exclusive franchise tag to the non-exclusive franchise tag for Jackson. And if they go non-exclusive franchise tag, guys, that opens up the world of all sorts of possibilities. Someone else signing him to an offer sheet with if uh, the Ravens don't match it, two first-round picks as compensation, or trade conversations between the Ravens and some other team that may want Lamar Jackson. But, you know, the reality is, to the extent he wants to break the bank, look at the cautionary tales we've seen this year. The Russell Wilson contract, the Kyler Murray contract. Is he really going to get the deal that he's wanted? He wants that fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson contract. I don't think he's going to get it, and it's really going to prompt some soul-searching for him. Do I take the best deal I can get from the Ravens, or do I possibly see if there's another team out there that would trade for me and pay me what the Ravens won't? But the Ravens possibly going to open that door with the non-exclusive franchise tag and invite other teams to come make them an offer. That's where this thing could be heading. Yeah, and you could see that. And- it does, it does feel like a little bit of a business decision. It's a weird one, though, because they're still in the playoff hunt. I, interesting to see, but um, appreciate that, Mike. Uh, we will see how that plays out, but it'll certainly be Tyler Huntley under center for the Ravens uh, this weekend as well. We will check you out on ProFootballTalk.com, of course. We will follow you on Twitter, at ProFootballTalk, and we'll see you Sunday night on Football Night in America. You were always on the nice list here at Fantasy Football Happy Hour, Mike Florio. We appreciate Where's you. Where's my Christmas chocolates? Yeah, we're Where's my Christmas you. chocolates? We're, we're going to send you. We'll send you an ugly sweater. How about that, my friend? All right. No chocolates list here at the Happy Hour. All right. When we return, <laughs> Week 16 rankings, me, Lawrence, Connor, and Jay, when we come back. Thanks, guys. He's the stylin' and profilin' son of a gun. The new Peacock original documentary, Woo! Becoming Ric Flair, gives you the full story behind the WWE legend. Streaming December 26th, only here on Peacock. Pretty good woo. Yeah. Nailed it. Pretty good woo. Better woo than me. A little yeah. some, some. Yeah. Have you been workshopping yours still? I have. Want to save it for next week? Yeah. Next week. yeah. 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 Next week. I've been making my wife listen to it. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, my wife. She a tough grader? 
My wife has to watch me workshop a lot of stuff. Okay. I'm just going to say, she's a very patient woman. <laughs> oh, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, like she yeah, just, just like a lot of stuff that I'm just trying to figure out how to do and what to do. And yeah, I'm just workshop. And Woo is the most recent on a long list that she's it's had. It's like to the meme out. of the Joker up there by himself, like on the, <laughs> the comedy stand. Yeah, exactly. like kind of like that. A little All bit right. like that. All right. Like that. Week 16 rankings. Let's start with the quarterbacks sure. here. Uh, one through ten, obviously Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes at the top of the board. No surprise there. But, Barry, what's the notable one to you on this list? For me, Geno Smith comes in at QB6. I know people are concerned about him losing Tyler Lockett on the road at Kansas City. It's cold, as he heard. Lord, don't like cold talk about. But Chiefs have allowed the most touchdown passes in the league. Every quarterback to face the Chiefs this year, except Malik Willis and Bryce Perkin, threw two or more touchdown passes. Perkins and Willis, of course, don't throw. Give me Geno Smith as a top six play. Marquise Goodwin, DK Metcalf, in a game in which they're double-digit underdogs. Yep, Jano's going to be throwing it some. The concern around Jano is that he's had so many drop picks recently, and he had one called back for the roughing penalty on Bosa, which shouldn't have been. Uh, but if you expect that in the matchup, being double-digit dogs, it's not even going to matter. If he throws two picks, he can still put up a lot of fantasy value. Yeah, and it's one of the highest over-unders on the slate. We expect a lot of points to be scored. Nine. Teams that face the Chiefs average 36 pass attempts per game. That's fourth most in the NFL. Lawrence, looking at your rankings, anybody you're a little higher or lower on coming into the weekend? Well, I actually like where Matthew has Justin Fields here at number three. I got him at number five. Some people were concerned about him going up against the Bills. And, you know, should I start him? But the real question you got to ask yourself is, who are you going to play over Justin Fields, man? You know, he hasn't... He hasn't rushed for less than 60 yards in two and a half months. So in a different sport. Yeah, and look, you see that there, and that's what he's going to bring to week 16, right? Even in this cold weather game, even in this low over-under, even though they're, you know, eight and a half point dogs, he's going to bring you that element right there that you're looking at. So he shouldn't be no less than a top five finisher this week, and you shouldn't question starting him. He's a real-life Tecmo Bowl game. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. Let's take a look at the list outside the top 10 here, uh, rankings number 11 through 20. And, Barry, I was really interested when I saw Daniel Jones right on the outside of that top 10 looking in. Yeah, 30 or more pass attempts and 10 or more rushes in two of the past three games. The volume has sort of been there. It's a good matchup with Minnesota. No team in the NFL since week 10 is allowing more passing yards per game. They're giving up 308 per game. Oh, by the way, you know what this game is? Indoors. The game's indoors. So, yeah, if you're looking at a streamer, I think he's a top 12 play this week. He comes in at QB 11 for me. Yeah, Daniel Jones has been hes extremely underrated. He's been very solid this year. He's mastered the offense. If Daniel Jones is playing on the Jets, they'd be 10-5 and five right now. Uh, and I think that between the level of play he's given them, Saquon looking healthy again, and Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton's a real thing. He's, yeah. a, he's a very solid wide receiver, so you'd expect that Jones will produce in a very favorable matchup. I also like uh, Kirk Cousins against him in that matchup. Again, I think that's a game to target. It's a Blockbuster. sneaky over. You talked about it at the top of the show, Jay. Again, indoors, two decent offenses, two good uh, two good matchups in terms of bad defenses on either side for yep. solid quarterbacks. Lawrence, your top storyline when we started the show was Miami and Green Bay. You see Aaron yeah. Rodgers there at 12, and you talked about how Miami needed to get that run game going. How do you think that impacts Rodgers this week? Yeah, so, and I see Matthew has him at 12. I have him at 10. This is probably the highest that both of us have ranked him in a hell of a long time, you know. But like we talked about earlier, the over-under is 50. They're only 
four-point underdog. So that's interesting as well. So that means they're going to be able to come back with every shot that Miami's going to be able to give them. So just, you know, throw out what you saw last week of Aaron Rodgers avoiding to throw the Hail Mary, which was very odd to me. He didn't want to throw that second pick. That's what it was. But the, 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 the Miami Dolphins' defense can be vulnerable throughout the game. They'll make the play at the end, but Aaron Rodgers should be able to have somewhat of a bounce back. Yeah, Xavier and Howard, a little bit of a legacy Pro Bowl choice, it felt like, this year from <laughs> yeah, that Dolphins secondary. Not, yeah. He has not been the same Xavier and Howard we're used over to on, seeing. Again, good, good weather game, right? Yes, over sir. under is 50. The game's in Miami. Dolphins three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. So they're going to have to throw. I mean, I like jo- I, I, I certainly like Aaron Jones here, but uh, they're going to have to throw. They're going to have to throw. And Jones, of course, is part of the uh, part of the passing offense. So we have a tweet here. All right. a really interesting question. People use the hashtag FF Happy Hour. Sure, sure. Yeah, this uh, particular individual has Jalen Hurts, and the other available quarterbacks in the league are Aaron Rodgers, Gardner Minshew, or Derek Carr. Are there any of the three? It seems like Rodgers, Rodgers. was the play you guys are leaning towards here, right? Yeah, I jump at that. He's not he's not even available anymore in a lot of leagues. So uh Cortland, Cortland I would yes. definitely jump on that and I love the way you spelled mint chew. Yeah. <laughs> chew. For whatever it's worth, I actually think stuff. he has them ranked correctly. That's yeah, how I yeah. would rank them. Mm-hmm. I would say I would say Rogers, then Minshew, then Carr, who's on the road at Pittsburgh in what should be a very cold weather game as yep. well. All right, Godspeed to Cortland there, and hopefully you could still get Aaron Rodgers to start in place of Hurts. Let's look at the running back rankings here. Starting right at the top, Christian McCaffrey, maybe the biggest Pro Bowl snub. Shows you where the Pro Bowl is at right here. Barry, looking at this list, what's your biggest notable running back in the top ten? I think it's Josh Jacobs. I mean, not everyone's going to start him, but I just think people might be concerned on the road at Pittsburgh. Since week ten, first off, he – the, the fact of the matter is, is that Steelers are sort of getting by on reputation here. They've allowed 110 rushing yards or more in three of the last four games. Uh, you know, running backs that have gotten at least 15 touches against the Steelers this year, averaging 19 fantasy points per game. Why do we say 15 touches? Well, listen, since week 10, Josh Jacobs is averaging 29. Literally double, you know, 15. So I think he could have a truly epic game. He's my running back four in a cold weather game. It's going to be Josh Jacobs all the time, every play. He's a top four. He's a. I have him at top four, and honestly, he might be ranked too low. Yep. I think. Look, Josh McDaniels shouldn't be running the ball as much as he is, but he is. So you may, may as well prosper from it. Josh Jacobs is just. He is the surest back in the league in terms of his usage. If you listen to the Happy Hours uh, meteorologist, Lord don't like cold. He brought up how hard <laughs> it would be to tackle King Henry. Lawrence, where does King Henry come in for you this week? He was RB2 on Barry's rankings. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go running back one right here. This mm. is, this yeah, is, I might have had him too yeah, low. Yeah, they, 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 this is Texans week, baby. And he's over, <laughs> you know, the little four-week skid he had weeks 10 through 13 where he was only RB14 at that time. The past two weeks he's gotten it back under control as RB3. But this week right here? Ooh, four straight games of 200 yards and at least 200 touchdowns versus this Texans team? This might be the worst Texas team he done faced out of him last four games. So give me, give me Derrick Henry as a running back one this week. The only concern is, as Jay sort of mentioned, like with Malik Willis under center, at least with Tannehill you have the threat of a deep pass. That do they just say like we ain't scared of Malik Willis at all? We're literally gonna put eleven in the box. Yeah, yeah. like they're playing Air Force. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The hope is that you know he just you know just busts through that yeah. that front seven pretty much like he usually does. So there so there's not too much pressure 
on uh, Malik Willis, like uh, Florio alluded to earlier. Yep. Let's dive into RBs 11 through 20. We talked a lot about the weather and who you really can't start in Brown Saints. And then you see him stacked right there, Barry. Chubb at 11, Kamara at 12. Right, and even though you were hearing reports about a heavy Taysom Hill game, you're still going to use Alvin Kamara quite a bit. 23 touches last week, his most in a game since week six. We've talked about this Cleveland run defense, giving up 14 rushing touchdowns to running backs this year. That's tied for second most in the NFL. The fact that they give up the second most yards per carry to opposing running backs as well. So Kamara, to me, I know it's been bad. I know if you're in the playoffs, it's probably despite him, not because of him. But if you've made it this far and he's on your team, I'm starting him and I'm starting him with confidence in a great matchup a game in which they're not going to be able to pass very much. Yeah, 23 touches for Alvin Kamara last week, which might have right. gone a bit under the radar because he didn't get in the end zone, didn't have the huge fantasy day, but he's gotten the usage that he hadn't really been getting since the start of the year. And, by the way, if you think about 50-mile-an-hour wins, potentially up to, you know, between 35 and 50-mile-an-hour wins, well, what, what that affects is obviously passing, yep. which means you're not going to be able to pass down the field, but you might be able to dump off quickly to Alvin Kamara as well. So uh, maybe they get creative here. Maybe you see Taysom Hill and Kamara in the backfield together, Hill under center, that kind of stuff. But anyway, we love Kamara this week. Lawrence, we know Najee Harris wasn't drafted to be RB19, but we saw what Ramondre Stevenson did to that Vegas defense. Does that inspire some hope for Najee against the Raiders? Yeah, definitely, especially, like you say, he wasn't drafted to be this, but it is what it is. His first nine weeks, he was RB26. Over the past six, he's been RB11. Even that's not what we what we drafted him for, but it's like a ray of sunshine being, seeing him be that because he's still getting the – he's been getting the yards and or the touchdowns over the past six weeks. For the last six games, he's either rushed for 85 yards or scored a touchdown. They going against the Raiders, like you said. Ramondre Steven just ran all over them boys. Uh, James Conner did the same thing. In the, and I'm sorry, the, uh, the Chiefs did it as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's decent. Again, we wanted them to be top five, but that's not where we at now. Be happy with him being an RB2. RB's 21 through 30 for Barry coming into the week here. And Latavius Murray sitting there at RB23. He was the star of the XFL game known as Cardinals-Broncos last week that Jay could not get enough of. Barry, are you believing the Latavius Murray run continues against the Rams? I do. Chase Edmonds activated off the IR, but my expectation here is that if he, if he gets into this game and plays, he's going to take more of the Marlon Mack passing down running back role and not what Latavius Murray, who's done, even with Marlon Mack active last week, he still had a ton of uh, ton of work. He's now had 20 or more touches in three of the past five games. Last week, 77% of the running back carries for the Broncos. They are, you know, in this economy, as we like to joke, somehow Latavius Murray is a workhorse back. Rams, it's a good matchup, though. Like, Russell Wilson back, but the fact of the matter is, is they're going to be run heavy here. Rams have allowed at least 85 yards from scrimmage to a running back in five of the past six. So, based on volume, yeah, I mean, I think he's a volume dependent, but should get it. Low-end RB2, high-end flex Latavius Murray this week. I like him against the Rams. Yeah, great game, that. Broncos-Rams. I mean, it's <laughs> the whole, it's an ugly slate. It's, you know, it, an ugly sweater season, it makes sense to have an ugly slate. Yeah, the Broncos do feel destined to play these types of games, but they are three-point favorites, so you'd expect that Latavius is going to be running. Against the Rams' run defense without Aaron Donald, who's not practicing, uh, it's not super intimidating. Yeah, it just, it, uh, you know, that would be a Christmas miracle if this game were entertaining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lawrence, we see J.K. Dobbins coming in there at RB25. Where is he for you? Because he finally looks like the J.K. Dobbins the Ravens expected when they took him in the second round now that he's finally healthy. This one is where we have the biggest gap, Matthew. Mm. I have him as a top 15 running back this week. 
Yeah, yeah. We, we we got the uh, – I mean, what else are the Ravens going to do? Uh, they ain't throwing. Even when they try to throw, they throw it to 300-pound fullbacks out the slot. Yeah. Uh, and J.K. Dobbins has been hot. Uh, you got Atlanta. It's a good matchup. Alvin Kamara was able to get back on track versus this Atlanta team. The Atlanta offense might just be giving possessions uh, to, to the Baltimore Ravens. So J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards could uh, go to work there. Yeah, no, look, I think they go run heavy. I like Dobbins quite a bit. He's had at least 120 yards rushing in both games. The problem is he has no passing game usage. When they do pass to a running back, it's Justice Hill. So he's, part, he's the lead of a three-headed committee, but it is a three-headed committee. And so with no passing game work, even if he's getting 120 rushing yards, like 12 points, that's fine, that's solid. But you he need needs, that he, you need that touchdown. <laughs> now, I think there's a decent chance he gets it against the Falcons, who, since week 10, are allowing the fifth most rushing yards per game to running backs. They give up a lot of fantasy points to opposing running backs. But that's why I have him a little bit lower than you, Lawrence. Is no pa- he needs a touchdown to really pay yeah. off to be part of that. He's touchdown dependent beyond being an RB2 because he just doesn't get any passing down yeah. work. Nobody getting no passing no. down work, not even the receivers. No, I mean, exa- I mean, like, right, again, Devin Duvernay on the IR for them. Uh, you're starting Mark Andrews here, but, you know, I guess if you're desperate, maybe Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. But it does feel like the way to attack uh, the Falcons is, through, is on the ground. And somehow Sammy Watkins finding his way back. And Sammy Watkins is going to play. He's going to play. Yeah. I mean, that's how desperate the Ravens are for wide receivers. Sammy Watkins waived by the Packers, signed by the, the Ravens a return. He's been in the Ravens system before, and they're literally going to play him this week. They're like, yeah. you know, just they hand him a jersey and, like, get out of the field. Shades of Baker Mayfield. I hear the sniffing around Marlon Mack as well. Uh, Marlon Mack, Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> Sammy Watkins. Get right. the three together. Right. I mean, every, you know, every Ravens, right. You know, I mean, like. Le'Veon Bell, right, right exactly. Right. Yeah. Hey, look, there will be no Deshaun Jackson slander. His <laughs> lad, he's a Jackson. He part of the family. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But I mean, they, they are, they are, uh, yeah, they're truly desperate at, uh, at at wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like so. Yeah. But anyway, I desperately was trying to come up with an obscure Ravens wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. I saw your brain I, working. I was literally trying to come Tylon up with Tylon Wallace. He's there you in the go. Yeah. 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 There you Wallace. go. That's a, that's yeah. a nice. James Prochet. I was trying to think of one for like 10 years ago. Like, Lee Evans? Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, Lee man. Evans. That's Lee a good Evans one. Lee them? Evans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, that's what he's known for. Someone find Lee Evans and dust him off. Get him out there. Jacoby Jones? He's good on the Bills. Oh, Jacoby Jones. That's a nice one. There you go. Rashad Perriman. What's Rashad Perriman? Rashad Perriman back, right? Finds his way back on the Bucks at some point. Every I always like Torrey Smith. Where's Torrey Smith these days? Yeah, that's. I mean, like <laughs> it's bad. All right. Last one on the running backs here, guys. Cam Akers comes in as RB28. Barry, is he flex viable this week, Cam Akers? It never looks pretty, but no. then you blink and you're like, hey, you got 10 to 12 points. <laughs> <laughs> and what you'll take from him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> flex viable is about the nicest thing you can say about him. So like, I tried the, to be the, nice. the, the, the positives of, of, of is that he's getting work. Like, he's, getting at least, he's had at least 13 touches each of the last couple of games here. And so in a game in which – um, you know, you're not scared about the Broncos. Like, it feels like you can run somewhat on the Broncos. I mean, James Conner had a monster game against them last week, uh, you know, in a game which Trace McSorley was the quarterback. So um, I think that given that he's the lead running back of the Rams, such as that offense is, um, yes, he is. He's like if you squint, flex viable. I think I'm at running back 30. You know what I mean? So he's a low-end flex. He's kind of a touchdown-dependent flex. But if you're truly desperate, if you're like, I need somebody who qualifies at running back that's going to get double-digit touches, 
Cam Akers qualifies at running back and will get double-digit touches. Sounds like beer goggles. Which yeah. really oh, my God. <laughs> I would have thought Kyron Williams would have had more involvement in that offense. Yeah. Why now? He's just not getting yeah, it. It's just not happening, yeah. so it seems like it's just going to be Cam Akers. It, it feels like a true mess in Los Angeles as they're figuring stuff out. Like, you know, it's, it's this guy, it's that guy. They're, they're just trying anything. You know, they, they, there was a moment that Ronnie Rivers was going to be the guy. Like, it's a... <laughs> it, it's all happening. Team on the Super Right? Bowl I mean, like, like Cam Akers, I mean, just, one of, Cam Akers went from he's our guy to uh, we're going to trade him to, our, to our health, he's a healthy scratch That's to uh, we're going to trade him to we can't trade him <clears throat> to he's taking an extended leave in absence from the, from the team to we released Daryl Henderson and now we all love Cam Akers and he's the guy. I, yeah, the Bible flex. Sure, there you go. What a world. He qualifies at running back. That's what he can say. That's, he he's on qualifies the list. at running back, and he's going to get 10 touches, you know, 10 to hey, 15 quick, touches. Quick, quick note. In a, in a decent Running matchup. back 14 over the past three weeks. I don't know. All right. I don't he know. Get, he, did, he had the game, the two-touchdown game a couple yeah, weeks ago. So that, that inflates it, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, there, is there a chance he falls in the end zone? Of course there is. So, yes, a touchdown-dependent flex. Let's get into the wide receiver starting right at the top here. You I know. sure you don't want to talk about Cam Akers? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I, I oh, actually God. regret asking <laughs> the simple question of him being a viable flex. I will never bring up Cam Akers Thank on the show ever again. Thank you. Then you're welcome back. Uh, okay, you yes, back. I will get the invite. Yep. You brought up earlier, Barry, DK Metcalf. We know Lockett's out. Barring, put the cold away. This should be a shootout kind of game, especially against that Chiefs secondary. He comes in as wide receiver six for you this week ahead of players like Amon Ross, St. Brown, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, D.K. Metcalf talking earlier in the week about he's not worried about the cold. He'll play shirtless. Yes. Um, uh, D.K. is all man. Yeah, we believe And him. it's worth noting about this matchup, as great as the Chiefs' offense is, defensively they've had their struggles. No team in the NFL has given up more touchdowns to opposing wide receivers than the Kansas City Chiefs. Why does that matter? Because no player in the NFL has more end zone targets this year than DK Metcalf. So Metcalf, who uh, you know has at least 19 end zone targets this year, which is four more than any other player, gets a Kansas City Chiefs defense that is uh, that really gives up a lot of touchdowns. It's worth noting that every wide receiver that's seen at least seven targets against the Chiefs this year averages they average 20 fantasy points per game. We expect DK Metcalf to get seven targets, especially in a game with no Tyler Lockett, and they're ten to, uh, ten point underdogs. Yeah, all in on DK Metcalf this week. Yep, you with it? Yeah, simple as that, Jay. I think so. Firstly, like I, I don't really like DK Metcalf. He makes me feel like less of a man when I see <laughs> DK Metcalf. Scared hear, of the guns? When I hear when I see the guns, when I hear him talking about the cold, <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, I'm not built like you, and I'm terrified of the cold. Yeah, so yeah. Exactly. Like For the record, the three of you make me feel like less of a man. Like, for me, it's a much lower bar to get over. Just to understand, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jay don't like cold. Yeah, I Jay don't like cold. Yeah. Yeah. Lawrence, earlier in the show we talked about the Lions offense and how it's kind of hard to trust their backfield right now, but the guy you always fire up is Amon Ross St. Brown. He was number seven there for Barry. Where does he come into the week for you? I got him at eight, and the only reason I have him that why low. Why do you hate Amon Ross St. Brown? Yeah, wow. Yeah. wow. Wait, what? Why did I why, say why that? Why do you hate him? Lord, don't like Amon Ross. I'm at seven, and you're, like you're lower. <laughs> You're lower maybe, on Amon Ross St. Brown. Seven point five. Why? Why? Why are you dogging Amon Ross St. Brown? Why do you hate him? I'll tell you why. Because something that Jay said earlier, right? No. Jared Goff's game against the Jets oh, wasn't no. great, right? Uh-huh. Most of it was uh, Mitchell no. running sixty yards no. for the touchdown, right? Now and, I'm forcing you to talk talk down Amon Ross St. Brown. Don't you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, look, we good with Amon Ross oh, St. Yeah, Brown. Yeah. If I want to rank him higher, yeah. But but it's like what the Panthers do well, against quarterbacks. Enough. Right? Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, it's Mitchell Trubisky. But he did nothing against them. Lamar Jackson didn't throw for a touchdown against them. However, Demarcus Robinson had a career day against them. 
Deontay Johnson had 98 yards against them. So Amon Ross St. Brown could still do his thing. It's just like Jared Goff, give us a little something. You know, he had 76 yards against the Jets. Give us a little bit more. So that's why I have him at eight. I want to put him at top five because what you mentioned earlier, I got I got to push him closer to the top ten. Yeah, yeah you, it's minus twenty thousand that Jared Goff's out there shirtless in the cold like DK Metcalf. He's afraid of the cold. He's I, like me, Jared Goff. He is like you, uh, and and both you guys look for short passes to Amon Ross St. Brown, <laughs> and and that's the, the Panthers do struggle against the slot. If there's one area of the defense that they do struggle, so I think volume gets them there. Whether he gets into the end zone or not, that's that's the question. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much J.C. Horn he gets. And yes. I agree they'll put him in the slot a ton to get him away from J.C. Horn. Let's look at wide receivers 11 through 20. J.C. Horn, by the way, somebody else drafted after Zach Wilson. Yeah. I mean, the list is all pro, all <laughs> pro, it's, it's all pro, pro, all pro. Oh. Yes. The it's best at all of their positions. Penny Sewell, right. J.C. I mean, Horn, yeah, Jamar Parsons, Jamar Chase. Kyle Pitts was there. Kyle Pitts was there. <laughs> Kyle Pitts had a great rookie year. Yeah. First thousand wasn't he the first thousand yard rookie tight end in NFL history? I so. yeah. And then Arthur Smith turned him into a blocking tight end. Listen, Zach Wilson went ahead of Davis Mills, and Davis Mills is better than Zach Wilson right now. Yeah. Oh, I mean it's I've been corrected in my ear. Mike Ditka had a thousand yards as a rookie tight end. Oh. Uh, yeah, so so in nineteen sixty one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wide receivers eleven through twenty. Juju Smith-Schuster in that matchup we keep talking about with the Seahawks and the Chiefs. Listen, we know it's the Pacheco and McKinnon show recently, but Juju kind of old reliable a little bit right now, right? 21 targets this past two games. He's starting to look – he looks like the Juju finally – took him a little while because he had that bad concussion, but he's finally looking like the Juju that we saw just before he went out with a concussion. He's looking – him and Mahomes are really connected. As I mentioned, 21 targets on over just the last two games, 19 receptions the last two games. Seattle allows the fifth most yards per reception to the slot, which is obviously where Juju lines up the most. And it's worth noting that in games in which he sees at least five targets, and again, he's had 21 targets the last two games. That's like, by the way, that's um, that's 10.5. He's averaging 10.5 targets. Did that math in my head. I don't want to brag, but literally just right there in my, like, in my brain, like just did that math. So he's averaging 10.5 targets a game over those last two uh, when he a- gets at least five targets a game this season, he's averaging 19.4 fantasy points per game. I'm sorry, 16.4. He's my wide receiver, 13. Yep. Unconventional, but I think I'm the Chiefs... in in on Juju. Yeah. <laughs> God bless it. It's December 23rd. Man, he's killing it. You today. get what you yeah, get. Really you get what you yeah. get. That Christmas bonus <laughs> is going to be something. You get what you get. Yeah. I think the Chiefs should sit Travis Kelsey and Juju for this game. I just want to see what Patrick Mahomes can do against this Seattle Pass defense. <laughs> just Sky Moore, MVS. That's enough. That's right. fine. Let's wrap up the MVP, Patrick. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, come on, Noah Gray, career year. Yeah, a career game for yeah. coming for uh, Noah Gray yeah. and Justin Watson. Yeah. Let's do it. Exactly. On this list contained my favorite stat of the season, which is Deontay Johnson not having a touchdown on 123 targets. <laughs> this I thought it was year. up to 153. <laughs> what, is, it, what, is it just 123? We are wondering. Wow. I know we've asked on the show, does it get to 150 without a touchdown? He comes in a wide receiver 18 for Barry. Lawrence, where do you have Deontay? And I think the real question is, does he even need the touchdown to matter in fantasy right now? Uh, he won't need it for this week because he's going against the Raiders. Uh, you know, just do what you did last week with Mitchell Trubisky. The only thing that's concerning is that Kenny Pickett is back. He wasn't seen like he saw 98 yards and 82 yards the past two games with mostly Mitchell Trubisky. Can he get that type of uh, – he's going to get the volume, but can he, can he get that type of yardage? So I, I like uh, Barry's ranking for him. Here I got him at 22, which is where I haven't ranked him that high in that long, in that long either. But because it's the Raiders, we, we solid with it. So 
Uh, at the end of the show, we do our bold prediction segment. And so this is not my bold prediction, but I'm going to add a bonus one. Deontay Johnson scores a touchdown this week. Wow. There that's, you go. That's, that's, gonna be, that's, that's that? the boldest. There you go. That's I wonder what his any time will be at. It's actually uh, 650 to 1. I don't know. It's like, excuse me? I don't know. Right. It's like, what? like plus 300 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> Got a kick out of Matthew from that one. Yeah. Yeah, he liked that one. Don't give me nothing. All right. One more here. T. Higgins in that Bengals offense that, I mean, we know pretty much every receiver matters in this offense for the Bengals. T. Higgins, as long as there's a hamstring and warm-ups that we had no idea about, uh, should be pretty exciting to play him. That drives you so insane every it does. time you bring it up. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, a thousand percent. And look, I mean, the other, the other thing is that the Patriots uh, secondary is really beat up, right? And so, you know, T. Higgins looked looked like T. Higgins last yeah. week uh, in that uh, that game against Tampa Bay, the comeback against Tampa Bay. And so I know that the Patriots have been uh, pretty good defensively, but I think Jamar Chase, this is something that I saw in Pat Corain's walkthrough, by the way. Pat does a great job, our friend Pat Corain, friend of the show, uh, on uh, rotoworld.com. Go check that out through his walkthrough. But no wide receiver in the NFL has seen more double teams than Jamar Chase. I, you know, he has seen the most double teams, and so one ex- would expect Belichick to do that as well. And so <coughs> T. Higgins, he's seeing single coverage. He's eating off single coverage. He looks healthy. Patriots, again, banged up in the, in the uh, secondary yeah, I, I, starting all your Bengals with confidence in this one. By the way, uh, while we're on the air, Hayden Hurst officially ruled out for Cincinnati. There so it go. is, it's going to be, it'll be Chase, it'll be Higgins, it'll be Tyler Boyd. I see you have him at uh, 16 here. I have him at 14. The re- like I would want to put, I, like I've ranked him in the top 12 much of the season uh, just because of the upside there, Expe- obviously when Jamar Chase was out. The only reason I have him at 14 is because the last two games he's had 33 and 35 receiving yards. Got a touch, got a touchdown to you know help that out. But since Jamar Chase has come back, like he'd been what we know he is, that dog. So that's why I have him like you know a little far back, but it shouldn't be too concerning. All right, wide receivers 21 through 30. And I know we're going to get into a little bit of Mike Williams East and Gabe Davis on this list. Now listen. We know we've been kind of lower on Gabe Davis recently, but he does have the Bears this week, Barry. He does. does it the Right, and the Bears allow the fifth-highest completion rate on deep passes this season. Why does that matter? Because no wide receiver uh, that's, quote, qualified in terms of number of targets has a higher average depth of target than Gabe Davis's 15.1. They will always take deep shots. He's due. I, you know, I, I'm, saying, I'm saying Deontay Johnson gets in the end zone. I'm that saying, what you got for Gabe yeah, Davis? He's due. He's due. He I've, do I've, do. I've, I've, I've looked at the analytics. I've done the deep dive. Check really the numbers. Stuff. Check he, the numbers. Got, it's science. He's at, freaking due. Like, every I, eighth game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, bold prediction. Deontay Johnson scores this week. Gabe Davis scores this week. Now, I'm going to parlay that. I said, I'm going to parlay that. Anytime touchdown. Now, Those two, I, I bet was with you on Deontay Johnson. Where I use promo code Barry. I'm going to do that. It's risk free. You just get it back. I'm going to bet a thousand bucks. That's what I do. I'm going to bet a thousand bucks on Gabe Davis and Deontay Johnson anytime touchdown. And then I'm going to buy an island because the odds of that, when that cashes, and if for some reason it doesn't, I get my thousand dollars back in free bets because it's a risk free first bet when you use promo code Barry at BetMGM. All right, at the bottom of that list was Drake London coming in at wide receiver 28. Guys, if I had to ask you what you thought Desmond Ritter's passing yards total was set at this week, what would you say? Well, give me a, give me a range here. I don't know, 30? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely, definitely ain't 200, so probably like 175? 141. It's 141. I knew the answer to that. Yeah. Right. I think that's the lowest. 
Actually, no, I take it back. I think Malik Willis is probably lower. That's the trick, is yeah, that it was <laughs> the lowest, and then now we have Malik Willis coming in. Right. Fields is going to be Justin lower. Fields is lower, too. It's yeah. insanity. Not good for Drake London there. Who it comes is, in at yeah, 28. Desmond Ritter's not running for 100 yards like no. uh, Justin. Right, I, mean, <laughs> I think the positives of Drake London, and you know, they are few, is that over the last two weeks that when Desmond Ritter throws, he doesn't throw a lot, but when he does throw, he throws to Drake London. He's got a 48% target share over the last two weeks. I mean, he's getting almost 50% of the targets such as they are for the Atlanta Falcons. He's had... Back-to-back games with six or more receptions. That's the first time that's happened this season. The Falcons are your team, Lawrence. Like, I, am I crazy to think it, he's it, got a top 30 game in him uh, against in a game <laughs> against Baltimore in which we expect him to be trailing? The I'm a Falcons guy, I, and this is how you should know. Like, I'm looking at the targets, 11 targets and 12 in the past two games, but this over and under 35 and a half. Like, ooh. Like, Desmond Ritter, 141. Like, I feel like Desmond Ritter got a better chance of running for that many yards than he do throwing them. I don't have him too far off of 28, but I do have him outside my top 30 at uh, 34, actually. So, he has only thrown to Drake London, but, man, I don't even know what to say. Like, you know how you said Gabe Davis is due? Whatever the opposite of that is, that's how I feel about Drake London. It's like, just throw it in the air and see what happens. All right, fair enough. I have Drake London at wide receiver 28. There's no question there's risk involved, but you knew that when you got into the detective Drake London business. Yes, sir. By the way, your parlay yes, of sir. Deontay Johnson and Gabe Davis, plus 872. There you go. There you go. There That's Island. Yeah, I thought it would be a little higher. I, I, more than that. Yeah, I was going to say. For any time Maybe it's going to happen, time. though. Anytime yeah. touchdown yeah. for two guys that haven't yeah. scored. Yeah. You're going uh, to sailboat, not an island. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. It feels like nine. Maybe a kayak. One, yeah, yeah nine hundred yeah. to one. <laughs> a couple right. kayaks, a jet ski. But, like, risk-free. It's, right. it's risk-free. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's the thing. <laughs> All right, one on that list that I did, I Just skipped over. Huh? Uh, I want to get to Mike Evans came back to life yeah, last week. He, he comes in as wide receiver 21 for you. The matchup against Arizona is great. Is Mike Evans, are we seeing the slow return of Mike Evans, or is that outside the top 20 tell you you're skeptical of it continuing off last week? A little nervous, by the way. Donovan Smith not going to play in this one, so could Tom Brady, you know, Tristan Wirfs is coming back, but Donovan Smith now officially ruled out, so the offensive line gets a little healthier, and then it gets a little less healthy. Right, you know, no one holds like Donovan Smith, so that'll be a loss. <laughs> that'll, be a, that'll be a loss for the, uh, the Buccaneers' offensive line. They don't call all of them. Yeah. No, 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 it is That's a plus. Positive. It's a plus. It's a, you guys think I'm joking, but like, you know. That's the trick, though. That's the trick, right? They're not going to call holding on every play. So, um, the way he was hugging Nick Bosa a couple years ago, it was right. yeah, exactly. intimate. By the way, they're in, in, th- in three different states, they're married now. <laughs> Like, that qualifies as marriage, I think, in a couple of different states. Um, so, anyway. It's good. Yeah, I mean, bad jokes. That was good. No, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. God bless. What, I, a great backhand compliment. <laughs> anyway, look, I just think they're, they're, uh, they're, a, uh, they're almost a touchdown favorite in this, in, in this particular game, right? Uh, I mean, like, it's, it's seven and a half. It's, it's ticked up to seven and a half. The over-under's uh, 40.5, so they're at the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, you know, Arizona's really struggled. Uh, they're, they're a bottom-12 scoring defense over the last month. And, and so I think, Tom, I think Tom Brady shows up on prime time. Like, this is the Sunday night game right here on NBC and Peacock. And so I think it's a big Godwin game. I think it's a uh, Mike. That's another guy who's due. 
for a touchdown in terms of regression. Yeah. You know what? Wait, what's the parlay of Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, and Gabe Davis all scoring a touchdown? Uh, Let's make it a Christmas miracle. Let's make it a Christmas miracle. That's a good segment yeah. for today's show. There you go. Where's our Christmas miracle? Where's our Christmas miracle? Yeah. We've built it on the show. <laughs> we have built it. We have. I'm going to bet that parlay. Just oh, for uh, S and G, I'm gonna do it too, were. so I don't miss out if he. I'll, tra- I'll trail. Okay, I'll there trail. you go. The spirit of Christmas and the show. Yeah, in the spirit. Don't, don't bet more than thousand dollars. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. Make sure. <laughs> no. Do not lose a cent. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Um, you know, like whatever. You know, like always bet responsibly. Um, uh, bet what you can afford to lose. Uh, but I, anyway, bottom line is, I just think he he looked like Mike Evans last week, right? He's had some bad luck in terms of touchdowns called back due to penalty and everything like that um, as well. Uh, the, the Cardinals secondary has not looked super impressive and so I also think by the way and this is I don't have a stat for this but Brady is one of those smart quarterbacks who understands understands players and games and like he knows he know, he's hearing the chirping out there about Mike Evans yeah. he's going to do everything he can I think to force a touchdown to Mike Evans in a game in which they should win and win handily I think he gets a cheapy you know they get in close I think he's going to try to get a cheapy one to Mike Evans so yeah I'm starting Mike Evans the risk obviously puts him just slightly outside the top 20. I prefer Godwin to him, but I think he has a good game here. All right, let's finish the rankings with the tight end position starting at 1-2. to two. It's been a hell of a year, guys, for the tight end position, and I mean that in the most disrespectful possible way. Travis Kelsey at the top, but Mark Andrews still hanging on there, coming in at number two for you, Barry. Falcons have allowed at least one touchdown to a tight end in three straight games. They've allowed the fourth most catches, sixth most yards to the position. He's Mark Andrews. I know he's been bad, but whatever. They're starting Sammy Watkins. <laughs> yeah, come on. Mark Andrews gets in the end zone. He's my number two right there. All right, Dallas Goddard coming in at six. We know Gardner Minshew is a big fan from their limited time together. Lawrence, where did Goddard come in for you this week? Actually, tight end three. Before he got hurt, he was tight end three on a points-per-game basis behind Mark Andrews and uh, – I'm sorry, tight end four and behind Zach Ertz and obviously Kelsey. Ertz is not here no more. So, I mean, we got Gardner Minshew in, depend on all the weapons. I like him. Let's get into the streamers range, tight ends 11 through 20. This is, I mean, pick your poison at this point. But no offense at the top of the board here, Barry. And we know the matchup he has in Kansas City, and he's kind of had a couple good weeks here. Yeah, you speak about the, the matchup in Kansas City. Chiefs bottom six in terms of most touchdowns allowed to tight ends. Fant, who scored in two of the past three games. There's a 23.5% target share narrow available with Tyler Lockett on the shelf. Some of that will go to Marquise Goodwin, but some of that will go to Noah Fant. They use him much more in the passing game than Will Disley. Those guys are splitting snaps, but Fant much more athletic and the better chance to get into the end zone. Jawan Johnson coming in at tight end 15, a guy that didn't even play tight end in college. He was a wide receiver, now finding his way into the tight end rankings. Lawrence, where does Jawan come in for you this week? Uh, I got him at a tight end 15 like Matthew does here. He scored in four of the last five games. But, again, we talked about this game earlier and people who we could start. So, I'm not loving it this week. But only if I really – like, I'd rather start Taysom Hill at tight end this week than Jawan Johnson. All right, with that, we're going to take a break. But when we're back – Shot for shot predictions coming right up. That means we're going to drink shots on air. We ain't throwing the pom-poms for either of these dudes, but I feel a little better about Singletary than uh, Gabe Davis. Lawrence, when you, say, yeah. when you say throwing the pom-poms, is, is that where... 
when you grew up, like when T.O. You know, did the right, little thing, yeah. yeah. shake the pom poms. Yeah, I meant the pom poms. Is like, yeah, I meant like, what's going? Like, I, I, what I angry mean, cheerleaders I, 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 are in your games? I meant to say shake the pom because I was thinking about T.O. when he took the pom poms. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, no pom poms for any player. No pom poms for neither one of these. Yeah, I got it. It's like it's like. What cheerleaders are just throwing them out on the field? Cheerleaders be mad as hell at my yeah. high school. You yeah, stuck. I... That was Lawrence talking about throwing the pom poms, <laughs> not shaking the pom poms. And we're gonna do is throw back a couple shots in this yeah. round. This is uh, me and Lawrence is welcome to shot for shot. I know you guys have been doing this on Sundays all no, year. Doing it behind your back. Right, yes. exactly. Yeah. On Fantasy Football pregame, but now a special holiday edition of Fantasy Football Happy Hour. You guys get to do shot for shot. Again, because we're in a bar. Yeah. That's what I keep hearing. A little, little wardrobe yeah. change. A little wardrobe change. Happy yeah. Hanukkah. I want to give, uh, you know, let's even not, split. Well. Like, right, exactly. Well, I'm Jewish. I celebrate Hanukkah. My wife is Catholic. We celebrate Christmas as well. So, you know, equal, uh, equal time. Exactly. Happy Hanukkah. Tonight is the sixth night of Hanukkah. Very good. Happy holidays to everybody. All right, let's everyone. Get, let's get into round one here, Barry. What do you got for us on your first shot? J.K. Dobbins, 100-plus rushing yards. I like where your head was at, Lawrence, early in the show. So we talked about at least 120 rushing yards in both games since returning. He's averaging nearly five yards before first contact. And since week 10, your Falcons, Lawrence, this is your fault, your Falcons allow the fifth most rushing yards per game to opposing running backs. Give me over 100 yards for J.K. Dobbins. Let's get it. Jay, what are you kicking us off with? Okay, I'm going Chiefs. They cover minus 10. They blow out the Seattle Seahawks. Ryan Neal out. He's one of the best players on that Seahawks defense. Seahawks got no chance. They got no chance whatsoever against Patrick Mahomes. They struggled to contain John Walford a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we have to do the cardinal sin of just sipping the shot because we've got one glass. No, I'm just, so what you do is you're just going to... I don't know why you refill. We, wow. we don't have the so, budget that you would think some shows do. We were only able to afford one shot glass per, even though we're each going to do three shots. So... So, exactly. We spent it all on sweaters. What Chiefs minus do? 10. Yeah. Done. Lawrence, what are you kicking us off with? All right, so I'm, I, I like what Jay just said there because Patrick Mahomes is going to do his thing with them covering, right? Patrick Mahomes will finish as the QB1 in fantasy, and the only one that he's the only person that will have more fantasy points at quarterback than two attack of a lower. The Dolphins offense gets back on track. All right, guys, I kind of gave this one away in the last segment. Desmond Ritter will go under 141 and a half passing yards. This is one of those trick ones. They come out and they say this is the lowest total for passing yards ever. Everyone's like, oh, well, it's got to be over then. They don't want to throw the ball. Baltimore is going to be able to scheme against them where they're not going to – they're going to force them into some tough decisions. I don't think he looks ready. I think they're just trying to see what they have before they have to draft a quarterback. So Ritter under passing yards here. Fair enough. I like that. I like that. Yeah, they're begging you to take the over there with the 141 yes, line. Right. They're it's begging you. They're begging trick. you, too. All right. DK Metcalf finishes as the number one wide receiver in fantasy. There you go, right? You see it there on your screen, top five. But I'll, I'll go even bolder here, right? Definitely at least top five. But I'll say, I'll say finishes as the number one wide receiver on a slate that includes Justin Jefferson against the Giants, right? But, again, as we just talked about last week, Chiefs allow the most touchdowns to wide receivers. Uh, Metcalf leads all wide receivers in end zone targets. They're going to be down. They're going to be throwing. When they're throwing, they're looking for Metcalf in the end zone. He leads all target players with end zone targets, as I mentioned. Four more than any other player. DK Metcalf, number one wide receiver this week. Pull up. Pull it up. My next one, Packers Dolphins on Christmas Day. They can't make this total high enough. It sails over 49 and a half. Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay offense, it's fixed. And they're not going to be able to stop Tyreek Hill (laughs) and Jalen Waddle. So it goes over. Lawrence. 
You are damn right about that because Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Right, I got I got to. You 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 the betting guy. I gotta do a little something, something. Jalen Waddle and Tyree Hill, both who scored last week in that cold Buffalo, both of them gonna be top ten wide receivers in fantasy this week. I gotta have them like that if two are gonna go off. Let's get it. You mentioned Buffalo. I'm looking at Dawson Knox. Anytime touchdown is at plus 200. I think the Bills finally woke up and realized outside of Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox is their most unique weapon as the number two, even with Gabe Davis on that field. The Bears can't stop anyone. They've unlocked Dawson Knox. They want to get him confident again. He gets in the end zone again. But only after Gabe Davis scores a touchdown, right, for me. Uh, you're, right? I mean, the Bills are scoring 40 points. All right, so there you go. There you go. There you go. All right, good. All right, we, can, we can work together on this. I'll allow it. Oh, Throw in the parlay. Christmas miracle. <laughs> Another Christmas miracle. Um, hey, both Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco finishes top 15 fantasy running backs. Seahawks have allowed multiple touchdowns to running back in three of the past four. You know, McKinnon's obviously been awesome with 120 yards from scrimmage in back-to-back games. Snap rate has increased in each of the last four. And Pacheco, six straight games with 15 touches. He gets 15 touches against Seattle. He's going to be a top 15 fantasy running back. Both guys rock in a game at home where they're double-digit favorites against the Seahawks. Excellent. All right, my last pick, riding with a trustworthy duo that you can count on every single week, and that's Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. They cover minus three. How drunk to are you? He learned his lesson with Zach Wilson. because he made me triple shot instead of sip the original <laughs> yeah, single yeah, shot, yeah, which yeah, my yeah. original plan, but because I'm feeling the way I am. Broncos, they cover minus three. They're playing for jobs. Rams, they're playing for the offseason. They're done. They won the Super Bowl <laughs> last year. This season's a disaster. Broncos cover minus three. Wow. Anytime, listen, that would be a Christmas miracle. Anytime I'm, you can bet on the on Nathaniel Hackett, Russell exactly. Wilson, and the Cubs. Oh, you got a non I pick? like that. You got a non Jay Crutch <laughs> pick as well? I should else? have one about their running backs, but I'm going to go with one of the best running backs in football. And we spoke about him earlier. King Henry will have his fifth straight. 200 yard, 200, two touchdown game against these Texans who they're going to be cold, they're going to be freezing, and they are not going to want to tackle that big body. They're going to have to try to grab him by the big dread he got in the back of his helmet. They ain't stopping that man. Yeah, King Henry is a merchant of the Texans defense yes. throughout his entire career. I respect it. I'll close this yeah. out here, guys. Round three. KJ Osborne goes. Did, did Lawrence just, did Lawrence just, that, that was your big shot? Was Derrick Henry have a good game against <laughs> yeah. the Texans? Well, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't bowl right here. I 200 yards ain't, you know. <laughs> These are, still, four straight times. these are still <laughs> NFL players, Matthew. Respect these NFL defenders. I mean, I like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Texans? Uh. Didn't, didn't Connor Rogers once say that he thought Devontae Adams would be a top five wide receiver? And like, versus, like not, since, not since Connor. Like, versus has an 11-man like box. I'm glad somebody out did All right, well, I'm going to keep the low bar going here, Lawrence. That's why we stick together. KJ Osborne goes over. By the way, I predict Patrick Mahomes will throw one touchdown this week. As long as we're. It's probably minus 900 on Ben MGM. KJ Osborne over. 32 and a half receiving yards. Is that his line? That is his line. He had 157 last week. He had 38 the week before that. The Giants secondary has dealt with not only injuries, but a lot of other problems. KJ Osborne, they'll keep him involved because they will need him in the postseason. KJ Osborne. It's his world. We're living in it. KJ. That's right. All right, let's get in. your Christmas and Hanukkah, KJ Osborne. All right, let's move over to some deep league waiver wire ads here, guys. If you are in trouble right now, Let's take a look at the running backs. Zach Moss at the top of this board against that Bears defense we talked about. Yeah, well, you, you, uh, you, we heard earlier in the show from Mike Florio just about that he should get the bulk of the work for the Colts playing the Chargers this week, who've allowed 150 rushing yards in six of the last eight, eight games. You got Deion Jackson there as well. Tyler Algeel is pretty interesting. He actually uh, out-touched 
and outgained Cordero Patterson last week in a game we know they want to go run heavy there. Chuba Hubbard over Deontay Foreman. He played 63% of the snaps last week. He's now had three straight games with 65 yards. Detroit is really good against the run, so it would seem like the way they move the ball with their running backs is for short passes. Hubbard is the passing down running back. And then how about Gus Edwards? Uh, in Atlanta, we talked about Dobbins, but you can run. You can obviously run on the Atlanta Falcons. He's had at least 50 rushing yards in five or six games. Looking at the wide receivers, these guys are available in over 40% of Yahoo leagues. Lawrence, anybody that stands out on this list? We've already kind of uh, rained on the Drake London parade, so maybe we look elsewhere. Oh, we just spoke on him a little bit. K.J. Osborne coming off a career day against the Colts last week. They get the New York Giants at home in a, high, in a, in a high-scoring game indoors, yes, sir. Then I like Marquise Goodwin here too, man. Somebody's got to pick up the slack. I expect it to be Goodwin or a combination of Goodwin and Noah Fant there in that code that DK Metcalf is not afraid of. And I'll just add in Jahan Dotson, not being a homer here, but look, he's had back-to-back games with six or more targets and a touchdown. He can flat-out ball. They are touchdown underdogs at San Francisco. The San Francisco Niners, uh, the 49ers, by the way, right? They are the number one run defense in the NFL over the last month, but they're 19th against the pass. If there's a way to move the ball against San Francisco, you're going to have to try to toss it there. We know they're going to be focused on McLord, kind of like Jahan Dotson this week as well. But I agree with uh, I agree with uh, uh, Lawrence on Goodwin being pretty interesting this week. Looking over at the quarterbacks, we talked a lot about the confidence in Gardner Minshew. You have Brock Purdy in a big game against Barry's Commanders, and then Kenny Pickett, another rookie right there against a good matchup against the Raiders. Jay, any of these three stand out to you? I think Minshew's kind of the low-hanging fruit, but what about the two rookies on the board? Well, I kind of wanted to take the low-hanging fruit, but that's all right, Connor. I can talk yeah, about Brock Purdy. No, that's Lawrence's job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He recommends yeah. Derrick Henry against yeah. the Texans. I don't know if you saw that. Lawrence thinks you should start Patrick Mahomes against yes. the Seahawks. Please yeah. do, please of, do. Of the two rookies, I would skew Brock Purdy just because I think Kyle Shanahan, I trust him to scheme up an easy touchdown for Brock more than I trust Matt Canada to scheme one up for Kenny Pickett. would be a little bit concerned with Brock Purdy that he has been touchdown dependent. He's not throwing for 250 yards in these games, so ideally you can get Minshew. All right. All right, let's get into a segment that I have been honestly dying to join. Sure. We bring... oh, we're going to have to take a break. I've been, <laughs> I've been given a curveball, so you have to wait for beer goggles when we're back. Uh, Kevin does a great job calling the offense. I said it's unfair, you know, I'm the blue collar guy going against Harry Styles. But I really like Kevin. I think he's done a great job of not only calling the offense, but the entire team. That was Wink Martindale calling Kevin O'Connell Harry Styles. I always like when the, the reporters give a real hearty laugh yeah, yeah, at yeah. a coach's <laughs> joke. Like a, yeah, like a real real deep chuckle. All right, speaking of deep chuckles, let's get into some beer goggles here. Honestly, Barry, I know you love explaining the segments, but I'm going I'm to give this one a crack. Okay, go for cool. it. That's cool. So, beer goggles, yep. This is essentially how many beers, how drunk do you need to get to start these players? Right. Using a scale of one to five. Five is... Yeah. You might not even be able to get the Uber yourself. You might have to have somebody call the Uber right. for you. One exactly. is... A light happy hour, not even an yeah. IPA. A Just because uh, as you get as you're at the bar, you're 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 searching for companionship. 
you know, later as, as the <laughs> yes, as the right. as the night gets later on, Ex- you know, you start viewing exposition. people through beer goggles. Yes. You know what I mean? And so they start the more you drink, the better looking they look. Yeah, can they so how much do you need day. to drink all the time? Yeah, exactly. Right. So there you go. That's for so the same thing. So how many to get these players to look good to you on their lineup, how many beers do you need to drink? We should do a compilation of your explanations of this uh, this topic because <laughs> it would go longer than the Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's start with Gi- I like explaining it. Let's start with Giants Vikings, a game we've been uh, hyping up from an offensive standpoint. The over-under's at 48. Barry, you get to start with Darius Slayton. How many beers here? You know what? I'll say I'll say two beers. I, 20% target share or higher in five of his past six games since week 10. Vikings allowing the most receptions and second most yards per game to wide receiver. Look, he's I think he's I think he's a viable streamer. Like again, it's you're investing in the Giants passing attack, so it does a you know, so that's why I'd want to, like, just, you know, a little bit of a buzz here. But, uh, actually, I'm, I'm more pro Darius Slayton than not. Again, it's an indoor game and in what should be a high-scoring affair. Yeah, Jay, you better go pick yourself up a handle because you've got Richie James for this game. Yeah, it's five beers for Richie James. I know Matthew Barry's big on explaining things. I'm not explaining this one. It's Richie James. <laughs> it's, it's winning time. It's the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. You did better than Richie James. Right. Come you on. know what it is? You respect our audience. <coughs> I apparently don't. Yeah. I, I, have to, I, I, like, I like explaining that's a bit. Lawrence, you're over on the Vikings side of things. Feels much more promising through the air. What about Adam Thielen? Yeah, I'm going to just need one beer right here. 13-plus points in three of his past four fantasy games. And, again, we're expecting this one to be a high-scoring game. So I just need that little tiny little buzz right there. All right, looking at Bills, Bears. Bills favored by 8.5. The over-under is only 40.5. Barry, you said Gabe Davis would score. You actually put him in a Christmas miracle parlay. Yep. How many drinks, though, do you need to start him? I I need two. I I want two. Same thing with Darius Slayton. Like, again, I – I don't want to go into the stone, stone cold sober, but like you know, two beers feeling a little good there as well as we talked about. Like he's going to get some deep targets. Chicago struggles against deep passes. He's due. He's due. <laughs> he's due at science. Anyway, uh, yeah, I want two beers for Gabe Davis here. Jay, I've noticed you've gotten the hard ones here. You're getting motor single Terry. Anytime you're asked to figure out the Bills' backfield. Yeah, it might be a heavy night. Yeah, good luck with that. Four beers for me on Devin Singletary. They still are eight and a half point favorites. They should be running. He's not getting the receiving work as much. He's had a, he had a nine reception game against the Dolphins back in what, week two or three, and he just hasn't been getting that lately. So ideally, you can find better. I feel by like the way, sometimes they it's, just it's, throw anyway. Yeah. Right. And by the way, it's a, it was a two-headed committee. Now it's become a three-headed committee yeah. because Naheem Hines yep. is starting to get run as well. Yep. And you're like, normally you'd be worried about wind, uh, but doesn't matter for Josh Allen. Like yeah. he just throws yeah, through the wind. The wind. Yeah. He's been under 55 yards in two of the past three. All right, Lawrence, you got tasked with the Bears side of things. Khalil Herbert's back, and we know we feel real good. Stone Cold Silver about Justin Fields, but can you feel good about anything with the Bears offense starting with Herbert? Yeah, definitely not Herbert. I'm going to need five of them things and maybe a, maybe a 40-ounce with it. Under 40% of the snaps in four of his last six games coming off an of injury versus the Bills and you to back up. He's efficient, but I don't want to depend on that. All right, heading over to Falcons-Ravens. Another matchup here that is just strictly backup quarterbacks. The over-under at a low, low bar of 35-and-a-half. Barry, you got Gus Edwards here. How many? I feel like the drink count's going up on this one for you. Yeah, three beers for me. I, I, do I think he runs effectively against the Falcons? I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, against the Falcons, I do, right? He's had at least 50 rushing yards in every game he's played this year but one. So he's got a nice little floor there in terms of 50 yards, but... Um, and it's a good matchup against Atlanta, as we've talked about. Fifth most rushing yards allowed per game for running backs. But again, no passing game usage. Uh, and he's behind J.K. Dobbins in the pecking order. And he's really going to need a touchdown to pay off, honestly, because you're looking otherwise at like 50 to 60 yards. And you're like, okay, 
but 56 right. yards with touchdown, you're like, okay, so three beers on Gus. All right, Jay, you got Detective Drake London on the Falcons' side of things. Yes, four beers for Detective Jersey Drake London, OBO, XO. <laughs> I uh, don't want any part of this. He might need to have 15 targets from Desmond Ritter to get six receptions, so ideally he can find better. Lawrence, staying with the Atlanta offense. Any revival here for Cordero Patterson, and how many beers have you a believer well, in I'm going to need three, man. Since week seven, only Nick Chubb has rushed for more than 50 yards against this Raven defense, and you see Tyler Algier coming into the fold more as well, and Cordero Patterson has not had had that receiving work that we like, so I need at least three. Commanders at Niners, Niners seven-point favorites. Barry, we have to start with you on this one. We've got Brian Robinson here against a tough 49ers front seven. Yeah, uh, yeah, Brian Robinson for me, oof. Four beers. Four beers, I think, for Brian Robinson uh, for me. Like, I just... Again, he doesn't get a ton of passing down work. You think about last week against the Giants where they were... Um, uh, they were trailing for much of the game. Antonio Gibson outsnapped him, outplayed him. I, yeah. I prefer Antonio Gibson in this game against the Niners, where they're touchdown underdogs. No, no running back has had more than 60 yards, whatever it is, against the Niners, and the only running back that is Chris McCaffrey. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't think they're gonna be able to run effectively against the Niners. It's gonna have to be a passing attack from Washington, and when they pass, that's Antonio Gibson. Four beers. I'd want to be pretty drunk for a big hat. Be Rob. Jay, we'll stay in that same backfield. You heard him bring up Antonio Gibson. How many drinks for him? Four beers there, too, though I do like him more than Brian Robinson. As Matthew does, I think he will get enough receiving work to be viable. But, yeah, you don't want a running back going up against the 49ers, even if they do catch passes. Lawrence, on the Niners' side of things, Ayuk and Purdy, that connection really hasn't found its stride yet, even with Debo Samuel out. How many drinks when you hear that? Uh, I'm going to need three here. Like you said, he should be the wide receiver one on that team, but four total catches in the past two games in games where Brock Purdy is throwing multiple touchdowns. I don't love that, so I need at least three beers on that one. Our, our last game for beer goggles, guys. Raiders at Steelers. The Steelers are favored by two and a half points. The over-unders at 38 and a half. Barry, another player in your parlay, Deontay Johnson. Zero beers, stone cold sober. I'm bringing Deontay Johnson home at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> thousand percent, I don't care. I see him. Look, last four games, whether it was Mitch, whether it was Pickett, whoever, He's got a 35% target share over the last four games, including 40% in two of the last three. Yeah, 34.5, 35%, I should say, 40% in two of the last three. He's had at least one end zone target in six of the last eight games, so I think a little bit unlucky. I've said it. I'll say it. I'm on record. Deontay Johnson scores this week. He scores this week. He <laughs> scores this America. week. I'm not lying. I would, never, I would never lie to America. If you can't trust a semi-balding man in a Hanukkah sweater <laughs> on a streaming where network, on a fantasy football who streaming, can and, a, and a fake bar set on a streaming network, then who in this crazy world can you trust? Jay, staying with that wide receiver core there. George Pickens. Kenny Pickett is back. Does that give you any more confidence? Than no, it doesn't, Connor. No, yeah. it doesn't. No, five beats for George out. Pickens. Yeah, 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 fall asleep in the gutter there. <laughs> uh, he's, had, he's had nine receptions in the past four games. That's yeah. not very many. That's not good. No, five beers for George Pickens. Go somewhere else. All right, Lawrence, we closed out with you for the Raiders' side of things. Darren Waller's back. Looked good last week. What do you need for him? Just one beer, man, because think about it. How many other – it's only a handful of guys you know you should be starting ahead of him. If you pick them up on the waivers, you did it for a reason. So, And it's likely because you don't have one of those handful of guys. Pittsburgh allowed the second most tight to touchdowns to tight end this season. So I don't need that much. All right. There you go. All right. The NFL – Waller the baller. 
The NFL season is here, and the NBC Sports Predictor app is giving you a shot at winning $100,000 by entering Sunday Night 7's free contest when the Buccaneers face the Cardinals. So if you don't have the Predictor app, go download it now. Sunday Night 7, guys. Barry, we are going to start with you. Tom Brady, passing yards. What range are you looking at for Brady? I'm going to go with the, uh, the 240 to 259 range there. At least 240 passing yards in 12 straight games. Uh, Arizona has the 10th most passing yards per game. So give me the, the 240 to 259. They'll be up and running in this one. So that's the band I like. Lawrence, you got Mike Evans receiving yards. Where are you looking for Evans? For all those reasons uh, Matthew just named, I, I like him even better now. 80 to 89 right here, plus the touchdown that Matthew wants. Jay, go. on the Arizona side of things, it's the Trace McSorley show. How does that impact DeAndre Hopkins receiving yards? Yeah, not well. Fewer than 65 yards for DeAndre Hopkins. He went under this last week, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's the Trace McSorley show. No, yeah. one, no one lives. Yeah, I'm piggybacking off of that. Somehow I got Trace McSorley passing yards, which I think is the easiest of all, under 200, guys. There you Let's go. not reinvent exactly. the <laughs> Yeah, he's no Desmond Ritter. No, no, no Desmond Ritter over here at 141. We are going to take, ba- take a break. When we're back, it's time for Prop a Shot. Looking at plenty of props various games over the weekend. Prop a shot time, guys. Pretty simple here. We're going to look at a couple different matchups. I'm going to give you a prop. You're going to make the pick. But yeah. first... First, a little shooting first here. you know, men shooting fake, uh, fake <laughs> basketballs badly. From way downtown... I hit the Vikings one. That went uh, out. Yeah, he, 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 <laughs> no, he, 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 Lawrence, he, all the pressure on he, you. He here. Here. Ooh, oh, trying to bank, bank it. it. All right. Trying to bank it. Call glass, though. He didn't call glass. <laughs> I did. I would have called it after. Yeah, the bank's not open. <laughs> Texans at Titans. The Titans are favored by three and a half points. The over-under is 35 and a half. Lawrence, I'm going to warn you now, you are not getting any King Henry talk in this segment. Jay, let's start with you. That total of 35 and a half, which way are you going? Over-under? Going over. Seems a little low to me. Texans put up 24 well, against the Chiefs. I think that they will be able to move the ball against a bad Titans secondary. I think Derrick Henry will push this total over. Lawrence, you got Malik Willis over-under a touchdown pass. So essentially, can he get to a touchdown pass? I'm going to say nah. <laughs> I'm going to say nah. Because King Henry going to rush for three. King Henry going to rush for three of them things. So, you know. Over under 35, 21 points, so nah. Barry, Derrick Henry over under just 105 and a half rushing yards. Well, Lawrence Actually, told me he's going to 200. Yeah, exactly. I'm taking the over here, obviously, <laughs> again. No team in the NFL has allowed more rushing yards to running backs this season than the Houston Texans. He's gone over 200 yards in four straight against the Texans. So, yeah, give me the over on 100. And 5.5 rushing yards. I can't believe that's his uh, line. I thought it would be 10 yards higher. I uh, did, absolutely. Will be, I think it will be in yes, 24 yes, hours. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, bet, it now. Yeah. bet it now and bet it at BetMGM with the promo code Barry. Yep. Bengals favored by three, traveling to Foxborough, where the over-under is a little higher here, 41.5. Jay, Jamar Chase's over-under receiving set at 71.5. Feels a little low. Feels a little low. It's the scariest bet in football when we're going under on Jamar Chase. I think wow. back to what Bill Belichick did against Justin Jefferson on Thanksgiving, where he was double-teaming Jefferson. They were bracketing him, and Jefferson had to make some freakish plays to go over. So I think that Burrow has enough alternatives that Chase will go under. Lawrence, Joe Mixon's over under rushing yards set at 59 and a half. Where are you leaning here? Yeah, so he hasn't got this in uh, under. He's been under 60 and four of his past six games. However, New England has given this up to running backs in three straight games. So I'm going to go over. 
Barry, you got Ramondre Stevenson. This is one of your summer favorites. Uh, over under 62.5 rushing yards here. It's yeah. a tough Bengals front. A very tough Bengals front. And I'm actually going to take the under here on 62.5. Look, does he get into the end zone? Does he get some passing game work? Is he a viable starter this week? He is. But he's actually been under this number in four of the past five games. I think everyone's going to have last week's monster game against the Raiders in their mind when they bet this. But the Raiders ain't the Bengals, right? Cincinnati has not allowed 60 rushing yards to a running back in three of their past four games. Damian Harris starting to practice. I think Damian Harris is active here as well. So give me the under 62.5 rushing yards for Ramondre Stevenson. All right, moving over to the Broncos, who are favored by 2.5 points at the Rams. The over-under at 36.5. My goodness, there's a lot of over-unders in the 30s this week. Jay, we'll get away from the total, though. Is there a side in this one that you're leaning with? Oh, yes. There's no better place to spend Christmas than in the warm embrace of Nathaniel Hackett. Broncos cover (laughs) 2.5. They blow out the Rams. My goodness. Lawrence, with hearing that, you got Jerry Judy over-under 63.5 receiving yards. Where are you going with that one? Yeah, I'm going to hit this over. He's had at least 65 in three straight games. We still don't know the status of Cortland Sutton, which will even, you know, heighten the expectations for that even more. So give me that over. Barry, will close this game out with Latavius Murray's rushing total set at 65 and a half. Seems crazy, but to me it sounds like a no-brainer over for Murray. Yeah, 17 carries in three of the past five games. Rams have allowed at least 69 rushing yards to a running back in three of their past four at 65 and a half rushing yards. I'm taking the over on Latavius Murray. I'm on the Nathaniel Hackett yes. train with you, Jay. Yes. Scary Good Lord. Though. Let's go. <laughs> that train happened. Felmer and Louise, final scene. That's exactly right off the cliff into nowhere. Last game here, guys. Bucks at Cardinals. The Bucks, no surprise, favored by seven and a half points against Trace McSorley's Cardinals. Over under at 40 and a half. Jay, James Conner over under 17 and a half rushing attempts. Yeah, I'm going to go under, and it's a little bit scary because Trace McSorley's probably not going to have a lot to do, but they are seven and a half point dogs, and he has gone under two weeks in a row. Lawrence, we're looking at playoff Lenny, maybe playoff Lenny. Leonard Fournette over under 19 and a half receiving yards in this game. Yeah, so I'm going to hit the over. He's had at least 30 receiving yards in three straight games, 18 targets in that span. That's where he's getting his bread and butter right now. And they're playing the Cardinals. Give me the over easy. Barry, this last one, we're looking at the struggling Arizona defense against Tom Brady, whose over-under touchdown passes is set at one and a half. Yeah, give me the over one and a half passing touchdowns for Tom Brady. He's had multiple touchdown passes now in four of the past five games. We know Mike Evans is getting one. I've already promised that as well. And only one team in the NFL has given up more touchdown passes than the Arizona Cardinals with Trace McSorley. I think the Tampa Bay offense is on the field quite a bit. It's a primetime game. Tom's one to... Tom's going to want to show off easy over one and a half passing touchdowns for TB12. If you like what you hear, we got good news for you. The action never stops with our friends at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code BARRY and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code BARRY to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. That is not a picture of me, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I want to be clear about that. It's That's not actually- me either. <laughs> <laughs> just in case it, it ain't me either. <laughs> that is Jamie Foxx. <laughs> My that God. That is Jamie Foxx. When we're back, it's last call. We're giving you our big, bold predictions for the weekend. It is time for Last Call, and it is our big, bold predictions. What we will be talking about to kick off Monday morning. Jay, start us off. What do you got? 
Right now, Saquon Barkley is 20 to 1 to win Comeback Player of the Year on BetMGM, plus 2,000. He was like minus 400 six weeks ago. I think by Monday morning, he'll be the favorite for this award again. He has 100 yards, touchdown, beats the Vikings. Geno Smith loses, gets blown out by Kansas City, and Saquon Barkley is the favorite for Comeback Player of the Year. Lawrence, I know they're going to get their jokes off as soon as you start, but what's your big world prediction here? Well, I'm going to trail you again, first <laughs> off, right? <laughs> Uh, wow. D- Dalvin Cook has one game against the Giants in his career. He had 218 yards from scrimmage. Barkley has Barkley has none against the Vikings. Both Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook will go for 150 yards and two touchdowns each. Is that good enough for you, Mister Barry? Yeah, it's better. It's better than it's better than Derrick Henry. <laughs> Star Henry. But this is the bold one, so I had right. to come a little. You yeah, know. It's, it's it's not bad, not bad. All right, I'm not sticking bad. with the Gardner Minshew hype here. The Eagles will knock off the Cowboys in Dallas. They are four point underdogs. That money line's plus one eighty five. So there's absolutely some value there. Barry, what do you got? All right, listen. Uh, my my prediction is not a, not bold. My prediction is that the Commanders cover the seven. Against the San Francisco 49ers, right? That, it's the holiday. Not, not counting last week. <laughs> not counting last week, the Commanders haven't lost by more than seven points since week six, okay? And so last week they lost by eight to the Giants. Should have obviously been two at worst, right? I mean, with the refs and the whole thing. Not going to get into that. But the fact is, is I think they cover again. Look, look at San Francisco's been in a roll, but whatever. They, they, they beat a crappy Seattle team on a short week. They beat, they beat a struggling Tampa Bay team. They, they blew out, you know, Miami, which got blown out. I mean, just, anyway. Yeah, not San Francisco. So, anyway, so the, um, no, the, the Niners are good. The Niners are good, but I don't think they're this good. I don't think, my prediction is the, the Commanders cover the seven. My bold prediction is that they win. They win. They, they, it's a, it's a, listen, no one expected them to beat the undefeated Eagles either, right? You know, and they did on the road. It would make no sense at all for them after losing the Giants to go cross country on a short, a short week and beat the San Francisco 40s. It would make no sense at all, which is why it'll happen. All right, it'll so be a the Commanders money line into the Dante Johnson, anytime touchdown scorer. There you Gabe go. Davis it is closing with Mike time. Evans. It is closing time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Because of the Christmas holiday, there is no fantasy football pregame on Sunday morning. You're going to have to figure it out yourself. But uh, follow us on Twitter. For Lawrence Jackson, Jay Croucher, Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Berry. Have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. Peace out and peace on earth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh.